Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to three hours of the very best posts from r slash best of redditor updates from the past few months This is one of my favorite subreddits because unlike other subreddits every single story posted here has a conclusion We get the update that we deserve. So without further ado sit back relax. Let's get into it Am I the jerk for suing my girlfriend after she had my 1967 impala project taken to the scrapyard? I'll try to keep this short I had a 1967 Impala four-door that I bought in February 2019. A couple of months ago, I bought my first house that had a two and a half car garage. I moved the car in and started tearing it down for a complete restoration. I had the body in one bay and the chassis in another, plus the whole garage filled with parts. About two months ago, my girlfriend came to live with me during this whole crisis. This was originally posted on the 27th of May, 2020, so during COVID. And the whole time, she has just hated that car. She wants to park in the garage, but I have two acres of land with a lot of nice places to park under shady trees. Or heck, even in the barn if it has to be inside. I tell her, tough luck. It's my house, and it's not like I can just throw it back together real quick. Anyways, I was out of town for a couple of days on a business trip for the small local company I work for. When I got back, my girlfriend was all smiles, making me food all the time, doing all the chores, all of that. I thought maybe she was just happy to have me home, but then I realized I didn't see her car in its usual spot. I asked her where she'd parked so I could make sure I mow that area and keep it clean. And she said not to worry because she parked in the garage. I asked how, and she told me to go and check it out. It turns out that while I was gone, she hired some people to come over and move everything related to that car, including the drivetrain, body, and chassis and all parts, and take it to the local dump or scrapyard. I was absolutely dumbfounded. I'd spent over $11,000 on that car, including new parts, services, and of course the car itself. I told her that I was going to be taking her to court for that, and she brushed me off like I was being dramatic. I told her that it's done between us and to pack her things and leave. I admit I was really angry, but I did end up getting a lawyer. And as I have all the receipts for all that money spent, and I have her on my house as security cam footage, letting the guys in and watching them take it all, I think I can win. Her family and friends are absolutely blowing me up, saying it's just a stupid old piece of junk and that she cannot pay back all that money I spent and that I should just let it go. But I've been putting in all my time, effort, and money into that car for a year and a half now. And god dang it if I'm not going to get justice for what she did. So, am I the jerk? Well, update incoming, of course, but off the bat, no way you the jerk. That's just your property. And you've explicitly told your girlfriend, don't touch it. It's also on my land to just compound things. And she has done. Yeah, I mean, you could say it's a little bit too much to sue her, but ultimately, if you're not going to be with her anymore and she's just like another random person and she did that and cost you $11,000 worth of stuff, then why not get your money back? I see no problem with it. First of all, a quick message from OP. Thank you all so much for the support and awards and everything. I'm glad I've some people on my side. I got a call from her mum about 20 minutes ago and she told me that I was ruining her daughter's life over a stupid car. I told her she ruined her own life. 
I've been gathering documentation and stuff and I'm about to head down to the police station and file a report as suggested by lots here once again Thank you all. Okay, then let's get into the official update. Went to the police station last night. Was told to come back in the morning. Just got back and filed an official report against her for grand larceny and grand theft auto. I showed them all the receipts I have for the car and the footage of her letting the guys come and take it, as well as the title for the vehicle in my name. They said they'll be in contact with all three parties. Me, my ex-girlfriend, and the junkyard guys soon. And they'll hopefully be able to recover some or all of the car. Just have to wait now. Now, the great news is, guys, that the story doesn't end there. Huge update. They found OP's goddamn car. The junkyard guys apparently were in the middle of hiding it when the police came to ask some questions. It was on a forklift, and they were going to put it on top of a pile of cars that was hidden behind more piles of cars. They said it was theirs and they had the title. Ah, okay. But obviously they didn't have the title for it. And since they matched the VIN on the chassis and body to the VIN on my title, it was obviously mine. I know at least one person there has been arrested. I think he was in the camera footage I talked about earlier, but I don't know if it was the boss or whomever or even his specific charge. They also told me they'd be looking into this specific junkyard for any other vehicles reported stolen. They said they haven't been able to get in contact with my ex just yet, but they're working on it. I'm just so glad they found my car. Luckily, I made quite an album of pictures detailing me tearing down the car, so I can use that to prove what parts they had were mine, so I can hopefully get most or all of it back. The police haven't let me take it back home yet, as they say it's evidence or something, so hopefully I can get it back eventually. Thank you all so much for the support and advice. She's gonna be all right. And there we go. A great ending to that story. It is good once in a while to actually get a positive ending to a post on Reddit. Because let me tell you guys, as you know, if you watch a lot of my content, it's few and far between. So yeah, I'm grateful. I really, really am. I will say at one point there, I was a little bit confused as to why the junkyard guys were getting in trouble. But the more I think about it, the more it's clear they've done wrong. First of all, they shouldn't have taken that car without the title. And they can't have had the title, right? because they didn't have it. It's OP's, not his girlfriend's. So I guess all they've done is just gone on the consent of your ex-girlfriend, which, I mean, I don't know much about, you know, getting rid of cars and stuff, but that can't be legal. And that may well have been why they were trying to hide the car, on top of the fact that they wanted, obviously, to use some of the parts and make money out of it themselves. And yeah, if someone's been arrested, clearly there's something fraudulent going on here. Um, above my head, of course, but it could be one of those things I mentioned. I keep meeting my birth mum, but she doesn't know it's me. She had me when she was 14, and I, now a 24-year-old man, was given up for adoption. My parents told me about her growing up. I still have the letter that she wrote to me, telling my parents they could give it to me if they wanted. It's crazy reading it sometimes, and knowing it was a literal child who wrote it, saying she's sorry she couldn't be my mummy, but she hopes I'm happy. She was open to having contact, but we moved for my dad's job when I was 11, and then it seemed impossible to find her. But luckily, I did. She's working at this small restaurant, and I keep going, but she doesn't know it's me. We talk sometimes, and she seems like a nice lady. Sometimes when she says something like, do you want a refill, honey, or uses another term like that, I want to tell her. 
I don't know why it makes me nervous. We talk sometimes and she seems really genuine. If it's not super busy, she's more open to talking about random stuff. I literally drive two hours to come and eat at this place just to see her. And it's like she now knows me already because I'm there once or twice a week for the past three months. So she always says hi with a big smile. But man, if only she knew. All right, then now getting into the update, which let's be honest, we all want to see. Well, I did it. I told her. And yeah, it was pretty heavy. My heart was even beating fast. I kept trying to think of how to tell her. Many of the comments on my last post here mentioned writing her a letter, just how she wrote one for me. Originally, that was the plan, but for me, it felt like I needed to say it. Oh, really quickly, I want to say thanks to everyone for their love and support. Mostly to all the birth parents out there who shared their stories with me. That's what really helped push me to have the courage to confront her. It meant so much, so thanks. Everything happened the day before yesterday, by the way. I did wait for her to be done with her shifts, and that was when they were closing the restaurant already. And I waited in the parking lot. We said hi when she saw me first, but then I told her there was something serious that she needed to know. I first told her sorry for keeping it from her this long. She didn't react until I actually pulled out her letter. And she started bawling from there, like screaming and crying at the same time. I didn't even have to finish the whole I'm your son speech. She just saw it and knew. It was crazy. Next thing I know, she's hugging me instantly, but then she pulled back and asked if it's okay to hug me. Of course it is. And we're just there hugging and crying in the parking lot. It hit her hard though. Her legs gave out for a second. So I had to actually hold her up while she's still hugging me for a minute. What really got me was her saying to me, look how big you got. Also hearing her cry made me cry too. She went back to open the restaurant up. She wouldn't take no for an answer. We had a coffee, ate a slice of their pie inside, and we talked. So much stuff we talked about. She told me the second time I came to the restaurant, she got a feeling. But for her, it was hard to believe it was me. So that feeling she had was pushed way down. She told me that for years after I was adopted, she'd see kids that would be my age and she used to think they were me. Then she'd be crying in public. It screwed with her mind a lot and made her depressed. So she didn't want to do the same when she saw me, getting her hopes up like that. She says I look so much like my biological dad when he was younger though. We talked about him too. They stayed in contact with each other in case I ever reached out to one of them so it would be easier to contact the other. I didn't have hope about finding my biological dad since he was never mentioned. So I'm glad they both planned for this future scenario. She told me about how they wanted to keep me, especially my biological dad. He didn't want me to be adopted, but he knew they had to because they were just kids. It took him a long time to get past it after I was born, she told me. That's why he didn't leave anything, because he didn't want to believe he might not see me again. We talked for hours, till almost 2 in the morning. They closed at 11. She just wanted to know everything about me. But her main thing was, am I happy? Were my parents good to me? Did I have a happy childhood? And I did. I told her, thank you for helping to give me this life. We both cried again. She cried the most. Everything was very emotional for her. Sometimes she'd look really happy, but then get sad again. After my 18th birthday, she was hoping I would find her. That's why she stayed in the same city. But since I didn't, she always thought maybe I resented her, wasn't told I was adopted, or maybe had decided it was better not to have her around. It made me feel bad for not telling her sooner. She told me it's not my fault, and I did write going at my own pace. Honestly, she's so sweet. The way she kept looking at me with the biggest smile, it made me emotional sometimes. 
It makes you think, how can someone who's been a total stranger your whole life look at you with so much love? It's wild. We learn so much about each other. She asked me if we could have dinner soon to keep talking. And if at some point in the future, if I'm interested, to come over to her house so I can meet her husband. That all sounded really great. We exchanged numbers. After I left, she sent a text telling me thank you for giving her this gift that she didn't know if it would ever come. My girlfriend came over and she hugged me while I cried. I wasn't sad, by the way. These were happy tears. Everything went better than I expected. There was still emotionally heavy stuff, but I'm still glad that we got to open up to each other. And there we go. Back to back positive stories for a change. And that one, wow. It was even tugging at my heartstrings. Like I feel a little tear in my eye. Very very great story i just caught my girlfriend in bed with my dad so to start i am a 22 year old man and i've been with my soon-to-be ex-girlfriend kate who is 21 for just shy of three years our relationship throughout the three years has been amazing she'd always been kind and supportive and very open and honest with me we had dates often our love making life was great we had very few arguments but when we did get into a disagreement we managed to communicate and come to an understanding before long i believed our relationship to be healthy and loving but apparently i was wrong on to the story about a week ago i had started to notice that kate was becoming very touchy about me being on or around her phone now this was odd to me because not only had she always let me use her phone to make calls if mine was flat or if i didn't have immediate access to mine but she'd also downloaded games for me to play on her phone so that she could distract me when she wanted to watch her shows kate began snapping at me for asking to borrow her phone or snatching it out of my hand if i was so much as moving it away from the edge of the counter so it wouldn't fall and whenever i questioned her behavior she brushed it off and explained she was just in a bad mood her constant dismissal of my noticeable confusion began to annoy me. So I asked if she was hiding anything from me, which led to an argument about her saying I was accusing her of infidelity and not trusting her. And then she began to try and get physical with me, in which case I shut the argument down and told her to sleep in the guest bedroom. She was very angry about it, but I told her we would talk about it in the morning. When we did talk about it, she apologized for her behavior and gave me her phone. I told her I trusted her and I didn't need to go through it. And to be frank, I did trust her and I believed her outburst to be due to the ongoing stress at work, which was clearly stupid of me. The next day, I noticed she got on a missed call from my father. I'd never known my father to like Kate or even have her contact at that. In fact, I was convinced they both disliked each other. At any and every family event, they'd often argue or make snarky remarks at one another until we'd have to leave due to the tense atmosphere they'd created. So I decided to ask Kate why my father had called her. She physically froze and mumbled an excuse about it being my birthday soon and he'd planned something, but my father and I were never very close, so I didn't understand why he would. But I played it off and decided to go about my day. Then the following night, I texted her explaining that I had a late shift and I'd be back at around 10 p.m. latest. But we ended up being dismissed early due to an incident regarding our manager and a few staff. And so I was heading home by 7 p.m. I tried calling her, but she had her phone off. So I assumed it had gone flat or she turned it off, which she does often at home. When I made it home, I noticed my father's car two houses down from ours. And so I tried calling him, but his phone was also turned off which I found odd. My mother likes his phone to be on so she can call him when she needs him. She's handicapped. I assume my mother was with him, so I opened the door quietly to surprise her as I haven't seen her in a while. And I was met with the sight of my girlfriend bent over the kitchen counter with my father behind her. They both froze and started profusely yelling and telling me it wasn't what it looked like and that they could explain. But I shut and locked the door from the outside, deadbolt, 
and made my way to a friend's house since then they've both been blowing up my phone apologizing and begging me not to say anything to anyone and quite frankly i'm just disgusted disgusted in my father who is turning 60 next month and has my mother to take care of and disgusted in kate who is getting railed by my father for who knows how long i honestly just want to throw up and set them both on fire but i'm most worried about how my mother will take the situation as she's very dependent on my father and adores him how should i go about this i don't need closure or to confront them i don't want to know how their gross relationship started or how long it's been going on for i just need advice on how to approach the situation without causing a bigger mess than there is any advice is welcome. Well, OP, I'm not even going to bother trying to sugarcoat this one. This is just horrific. And I'm not even entirely sure that there's anything you can do. Uh, ultimately, you've just walked in on one of the most distressing things I can possibly imagine. And my immediate reaction is just to say, that is awful. Cut them both. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Now, the good news, guys, is that we do actually have an update to this story posted by OP two weeks later. Without further ado, let's see what happened next and let's see what OP decided to do. So then, as per someone's advice, I asked my mother to lunch and after some small talk, informed her of the situation. She was understandably upset and in denial about the situation as my father had spoken to her prior about me still holding a grudge, a story for another time, and that I would be likely to come up with a lie to turn her against him for revenge. But after showing her the messages that they'd sent afterwards, she was distraught and visibly angry about the ordeal. And I've just realized that I completely forgot to even think about the mum in my commentary there. Oh, wow. I then asked her if she would be comfortable with me sending an email to our relevant family members and Kate's parents and siblings. And while she was a little reluctant about it, she said that she didn't want the backlash from his family for leaving him. So I then did just that. I sent an email explaining the situation and that my mother and I would be going no contact with both Kate and my father and low contact with anyone who gave either of us any grief for our decision. Now, mum is staying with her older sister while I'm with a close mate until we can figure out a stable living situation for us both. So that is the mum update, the person that I completely forgot to even mention. Now onto the actual updates. After that email was sent, there was radio silence for a day or two before both my mother and I were bombarded with a mix of messages that are just summarized in small paragraphs. Kate's parents were evidently enraged that I accused their daughter of such a thing and that they would be suing me for defamation on their daughter's behalf. I then took the liberty of sending them the screenshots from both Kate's and my father's messages and they left me on scene for a couple of days before replying to me and informing me that while they wouldn't sue me, they would appreciate if I kept the situation under wraps. Wow, that is tough to take from their perspective. My father was the first to message my mother, attempted to convince her that I staged the messages and that I was being petty and lying. And when she wouldn't believe him, he accused her of cheating on him and trying to find a way out of their marriage which evidently isn't possible for my mother as she has trouble getting from place to place on her own. 
He then apologized and told her he was just frustrated and asked to see her. And when she declined again, accused her of cheating and staying with her lover while abandoning him. This man is unbelievable. My maternal grandparents and paternal grandparents had very different messages and not in the way I thought they would. My paternal grandparents apologized for their son's behavior and told my mother that if she needed support in the future, they were available and informed her that they would be disowning and going no contact with my father my maternal grandparents however despite being the people that raised my mum, told her that due to her injury and not being able to fulfill her husband's needs it was only right of him to look elsewhere for fulfillment and while they understood that it was wrong because it was my partner kate was available for him and my mother should forgive him and move on they also made a point to state that my mother needs my father more than he needs her kate's two older sisters reached out and thanked me for telling them and informed us that if we my mother and i need any assistance in the future in regards to my mother's health as one is an elderly caretaker and the other is a physiotherapist that they were willing to help my mother and i gave ourselves a few days to get through all the messages and phone calls and block my maternal grandparents as well as my father my mother didn't already have him blocked I contacted my landlord and real estate agent and informed them briefly of the situation that I was no longer living on the premises and that I would like to have my name taken off the lease. Luckily, our lease was being renewed in that coming week and the next day they contacted Kate to inform her that I had taken my name off the lease for the following month and in the next week, if she was unable to take on my portion of rent, she'd have three months to vacate the property. I don't know how she reacted, but I could tell it wasn't overly ecstatic as her parents contacted me and asked if despite everything, I would be willing to pay for her rent just for this month because she doesn't have the money for it at the moment obviously i declined and told them i no longer have anything to do with her anymore they then informed me that she was pregnant with my child and needed assistance from the father of her baby and that this would be a last goodbye i then laughed and told them i most definitely wasn't the father of that baby if she was pregnant and if she needed the assistance from her baby daddy to contact my father then i hung up and blocked them what have i just read on a brighter note my mother and i have just put a down payment on a house together and are looking into hiring a caregiver to help my mother for when i have work or trips out of states my father has attempted to call both of us from multiple phone numbers and had numerous family members try to persuade my mother into meeting up with him to chat and as a result my mother and i have gotten a new phone number to avoid this mess i also happened to hear from a mate that kate is trying to hire a lawyer so that she can get child support money from me But apparently, because she has no proof that I'm a father and refuses to take a DNA test of the baby, she hasn't had any luck. Well, that is where that story ends. What the f*** I just read? What the f*** I just read, guys? What? What is life? What is life? My husband's browser history shattered my heart. I would try to make this as short as possible. It's a lot to unpack, but there is some backstory that's important. We've been married for nine years and have two little kids. Our relationship has had its ups and downs throughout the years, but nothing terrible that we couldn't pull through. Mostly pure exhaustion from hard pregnancies, disconnection and lack of sex because of said difficult pregnancies, and a super difficult infant who didn't sleep for two years. Bankruptcy, a job he hated. Yeah, it's been a little tough. But we're each other's person, you know? Like, I love this man to the ends of the earth. 
So when I tell you what I saw on his browser history not only shattered my heart But I could literally feel parts of my soul dying here we go about a year ago My husband and I had a huge heart-to-heart talk about reconnecting and wanted to get back to a new normal after kids So we started really making us a priority Rebuilding our relationship and sharing our most intimate feelings My husband opened up to me about his desire to give a man oral that he isn't attracted to men But he is attracted to male genitals now. I have no problem with this In fact, I felt this overwhelming sense of attraction to him in that moment I loved how vulnerable and honest he felt like he could be with me. It was special. So we talked more and more about what that situation would look like, etc. We both agreed on our boundaries and our number one rule, no matter what, is to always do anything sexual together. So we found a safe avenue to meet like-minded couples. We had one experience and it was great, but was uncontrollably cut short. So we've opened our minds to the possibility of trying to find a male friend. In the meantime, my husband gets a new job and is starting to travel. Fast forward three months after our last and only experience, and my husband gets the news that he'll be traveling to Europe for 10 days. The weeks leading up to this trip, he was so distracted with what I thought was travel plans, bookings, ordering things he needed for his trip. I give him grace because he's never been to Europe and I know he's excited. Fast forward to the night before he leaves. We're laying in bed, cuddling, about to love on each other, and out of the blue, he asked me, If I met a man in Europe, would you be okay with me doing stuff with him? My heart sank to my stomach. My throat closed up and all I could squeak out was no. I could tell that he was disappointed in my response. And he said, I don't want you to worry. I just needed to ask. And now I know I couldn't talk. I just cried myself to sleep. He woke up before me that morning and sent a long apologizing text to me to read when I woke up telling me not to worry. I said no. And that is that. I just found this whole situation so so odd and so random like what and then he asked me the night before he leaves So I tell him that i'm super uncomfortable and i'm worried because he's leaving for 10 days And we can't unpack this together the way we need to He literally leaves like two hours later Every single internal alarm is going off red flags are waving in the wind and I looked I looked at his browser history and it broke my spirits According to his history, two days after he found out he'd be traveling, he created a sex dating profile for this particular area. Then he deleted his profile the morning after he asked me the question. Then reactivated the account the moment he got to the airport. His profile read, seeking couples or a single male to show him around, have a few drinks, and if things go well, maybe some guy-on-guy playtime. Heart shattered then i see that he spent hours researching happy ending massages sex clubs bdsm clubs glory holes and escorts all female escorts he researched pricing and location proximity to his hotel room as far as i'm able to tell nothing happened with anyone from the sex site but it wasn't because of his lack of effort he was trying real hard but i have very little confidence in saying that i doubt something happened at all whether it was a strip club which he can go to but it has to be with me that's one of our rules or a sex club or a happy ending massage i've looked at our finances and if anything did happen he paid cash or has a card i don't know about so i'm just here staring at our little kids heartbroken and hiding it from the world i don't want our marriage to end but i feel like this is going to be a very painful process and i just want to be the best mum to our kids and doing that while mending a broken heart is just the hardest thing i've tried to do i don't know how to tell him that i know i also know now that he researches these things everywhere he travels and is most likely visiting a strip club twice a month when he's gone i'll never understand hurting someone you love even if you think they won't find out sigh
About two days after my initial post, I had a dream that I had a heart attack because of all this stress and I decided that enough was enough. I hugged him this morning and told him that we needed to talk about something tonight after the kids were in bed. So he had to think about it all day and I had more time to prepare my words. At around 8pm when the house was silent, I asked if he had anything that he wanted to tell me and that this was his one and only chance to come clean to me about anything he'd done that would hurt me. He confessed to going to a strip club in the town he has to travel to often, not Europe. I just looked at him and said, keep going. He kind of stumbled with words and looked confused and slightly panicked. So I said, here, let me just hand you my phone. I handed him my phone and on the screen, I pulled up my Reddit post. I said, it's probably better for you to read it because I don't know if I can get the words out properly. He read everything and some of the comments. He immediately apologized for everything. He said he visited one strip club and one sex club while in Europe. He said he walked in, got grossed out and walked out of the sex club but stayed at the strip club for a few drinks. I just let him talk and I cried and cried, hoping I could get it all out so I would be able to utter the words, I don't believe you. Those words came out of my mouth at a volume and intensity I don't know that I've ever felt before. I don't believe you came barreling through the tears and then the anger hit. For the first time in our relationship, I don't believe you. That sentence took both of our breaths away. I could see the feeling of failure and remorse on his face. I asked, why? Like, I need an effing answer as to why you felt the need or desire to do this. Even though I do believe he didn't actually physically do anything with anyone, he reassured me a hundred times. Am I dumb for believing that? Maybe, but my gut has been pretty spot on, so I'm following it on this. He told me, just like a lot of you have said in the comments, that the app, the research of escorts, was just another more real feeling version of prawn. That he absolutely could have done things with people there, but never ever had a plan to go through with anything. Because I said no to his request about hooking up with someone in Europe if he met the right person, he said instead he just looked and did things with himself to the thought of knowing he basically could buy a good time anytime he wanted with these people and that it's legal. I wanted to punch him. I didn't. As I pulled my fists, I screamed, Grow up. You're a husband, a father, a son, a brother. You have a life so many people can't even dream about. You have a wife right in front of you willing to go above and beyond for this relationship and your sexual curiosities. And what do you do? Focus all of your time and energy on strangers on the internet. Shatter my trust for you. Blasted through a boundary that was set about solo visits to strip clubs because you felt like that was the lesser of the evils and you've put so much time and effort into this research, you might as well reward yourself for not hooking up with escorts in Europe. He really didn't have much to say as I paused for a breath. Other than, you're right, I've been awful and I don't know what to say to make you believe that I wouldn't harm our family. I wouldn't harm your health by being with any of those people I researched. I hope you know I know how lucky I am and I don't know why I can't control myself. I told him that I absolutely believe that he has a prone addiction that has now turned extremely dangerous for us as a couple and family. He agreed. Without offense, he agreed to everything I said. We're going to start counseling together and singularly. There's so much more to say, but I'm tired. This has been so taxing and I'm just getting through it. I know I'm going to get so much heck for staying with him. I've made it perfectly clear that this is it. My words to him were, If you mess up, the kids and I are out. I told him that I had to sit down and imagine a completely new life with the kids. I've had to endure that heartache of imagining our lives moving on without him. I've already calloused my heart to the thoughts, which should scare the heck out of him. But also know this, I said, I will not go down silently. This is your chance to be a better man right here, right now. He's been amazing to us since then. 
He's owned up to his word and kept his promises so far. He's been communicating with me about so many things. He's decreased his prawn habits by probably 90%. He's dating me again and playing with the kids more. I feel like I'm seeing the person I married again, but I'm also so scared that when this honeymoon phase ends, what's next? Ugh, people, just don't hurt your person. Make life beautiful and just love them with all you've got. Now, that update was posted on r slash true off my chest literally two weeks ago to the day, which, to be honest, guys, I don't want to say this, but it makes me a little bit worried because it's literally only been five weeks since he was called out in the first place, since this entire thing started. It's three weeks between the first post and the update, and that is, as OP says, clearly the honeymoon phase. Like, ideally, you're going to be with this man for life, right? You've been with him nine years. You don't want to just see this behavior lasting for a couple couple of weeks a couple of months hey even a couple of years and then he slowly regresses back into what he was doing there's a reason why he was doing that in the first place i would suggest that unless you really do get some great therapy and he really wants to change his ways there's a pretty high chance that he'll fall back into that same sort of behavior i a 35 year old man was incarcerated and lost touch with my girlfriend a 33 year old female it's been over 10 years would it be wrong to contact her when i was a university student i fell in love with daria not her real name obviously she was the little sister of my best friend so i considered her off limits but my crush on her persisted and grew she's one of those beautiful brilliant people who is alive and breathing to make the world a better place how could i not be drawn to that one day she told me she had feelings for me and to my relief my best friend didn't have a problem with me dating his sister either so for two wonderful years daria was my girlfriend i should have asked her to marry me i don't know why i didn't I suppose I thought I had all the time in the world. We were young and there was no need to rush things. We lived in a country that isn't exactly democratic and we were political activists. I ended up getting arrested and going to prison for nine years. Please don't think I'm some kind of monster for this. I don't want to go into detail in case it makes me identifiable somehow, but we didn't hurt anyone or do anything immoral. What we did isn't even illegal in the country where I currently live and our beliefs were far from extremist. I haven't seen or spoken to Daria since the day I got arrested. My best friend died shortly after and Daria left the country partly due to the possibility that she'd be arrested too. There wasn't any way for her to contact me while I was in prison, though apparently she contacted my dad a few times in the beginning. Things got even worse in our country while I was incarcerated, so my dad and I emigrated when I was released. We've been living in Western Europe ever since, and life is pretty okay. I live with my dad, and I have a steady, if trashy, job. Months ago, I found Daria online. She lives in a neighboring country, seven hours away by rail. She doesn't use social media too much, but from what I've seen, there's no evidence of a partner or kids. And even if she's married, I'd be content just to be her friend, as I was for the first years we knew each other. Part of me desperately wants to reach out to her, and my dad has been encouraging me to do so. But I feel like it would be too selfish. The circumstances of her brother's death were very traumatic for her and i'm afraid that i'm just a living reminder of all the bad things that happened to us and if she does have a partner would my contacting her offend him and trouble their relationship i don't want to cause her any more sadness time stood still for me while i was in prison but i know it didn't for her or anyone else she's done so well for herself she's built a whole life and i don't want to derail that life just because i feel entitled to a place in it she might not even remember me at all and even if she did invite me back into her life i'd be nothing but a burden now owing to my wrecked mental health we've been apart twice as long as i knew her have i even the right to miss her as much as i do for now i've contented myself with googling her name every so often and seeing that she's okay 
It just hurts a lot and I don't know how to make it not hurt. I still love her with everything I have. I probably always will. So should I reach out to her or leave her alone? If I do contact her, what should I even say? Now, good news, guys. Update is incoming. But before we get into that, first of all, what do you think? Comment down below. Do you think OP should get in contact? It has been such a long time. But from my perspective, if you still care about this woman so much, nine years after seeing her last... You've been in prison for that long and you still are thinking about her like this. I think you kind of just have to do it for your own sake, if anything else. Ultimately, what's the worst that could happen is what I asked myself. To be honest, the only thing that I could think of is, okay, maybe she's forgotten about you and you happen to then cause an awkward conversation between her and her now partner who you didn't know about. That's it. Then they move on with their lives and you at least know where you stand. But if you don't do this... You're going to regret it for the rest of your life. It's something that you simply have to do, in my opinion. Now, those are my thoughts, but this is best of Redditor updates. And therefore, we are going to get an update to this story. Here we go. Okay, so that initial post was put online on the 26th of January, 2023. And just a day later, we got this update. First, I want to say thank you to everyone who offered advice or kind words. I spent so long feeling ashamed about my situation and expecting most people to react very negatively if they knew. I'd barely discussed it with anyone before, except my dad and people whose job it is to help me. Lawyers, therapists, etc. And I was very surprised to be met with so much compassion from a bunch of complete strangers. Thank you, truly. Several people asked for an update and that is the least I can do in return. I sent Daria a message the evening after I made my post. It was something like, I don't mean to intrude, but I wanted to say hello and I thought I'd give you my new contact information in case you ever felt like getting in touch. If not, that's completely fine too. I left her my mobile number and email address, wished her well, and that was that. I knew it might be a while before she responded, if she responded at all, so I tried to put it out of my mind. Early Monday morning, my phone rang. It was an unfamiliar number from the country where Daria lives. Who else would ever be calling me from there? I panicked a little bit, but I managed to answer in time. She asked a few times if it was really me, and I couldn't tell if she was laughing or crying. At first, she called me by the very affectionate version of my name that she used to, but then she quickly apologized and corrected herself, which broke my heart a little bit. It was an awkward phone call, but not in a bad way. I was extremely nervous and it seemed like she was too, but happy also. Some of you mentioned that Daria would want to know that I was safe, and this was more true than I could have guessed. Because unrest in my country increased a lot during the last year I was in prison, she was afraid that they would decide to quietly kill me rather than let me go. Actually, sorry, that's a very good point I hadn't even thought about. It's quite challenging given that we don't know exactly what country this is taking place in. But yeah, as OP has already mentioned, clearly a lot of political unrest going on. You can probably assume from that whereabouts this country could be or what it may be. And therefore, yeah. No idea if someone going to prison would be let out, especially if they were doing something that was against the regime. OP continues, There are documented cases of other prisoners like me having met very suspicious ends in the months before my release, so it wasn't a totally unreasonable worry. Wow, there you go. She also said that she repeatedly tried to send me parcels of supplies and put money on my commissary account but her attempts were rejected without explanation. After my sentencing, I was not allowed to receive correspondence or to have a commissary account at all because of the classification of my crimes. So she was forced to give up. She told me this as an apology, as if I would have been disappointed with her for not helping me more. I had no idea she'd done any of that. I do know that it was not a safe thing for her to do, and I feel terrible that she put herself at risk 
trying to make me a little more comfortable She didn't seem to want to talk about what happened any more than that and so we didn't We changed the subject to more lighthearted things our jobs the cities where we live how my dad is adapting to a new country etc when she arrived at work and had to end the phone call she asked if i wanted to continue talking through a messaging app obviously i said yes and i downloaded it immediately we sent messages throughout the day and she even interrupted her commute home to send me a picture of a restaurant modeled after one of my favorite books just because she thought I would like it. She told me that she thought of me every time she saw it, but unfortunately the restaurant itself was not so good. I was afraid that she wouldn't remember me, but she even remembers the things I like to read. She remembers a lot of little things, even stuff I forgot. We've been sending messages back and forth ever since and talking on the phone after I finish work at night until she gets too sleepy. Sometimes it feels like I'm 24 and she's texting me from a few blocks away As if the next thing she might ask is what's for dinner other times It seems like we're trying to will dead versions of ourselves back to life in order to avoid acknowledging what we've lost She seems a lot more timid than she used to more passive, which I suppose makes sense Sometimes I worry about how much i've changed and that maybe she won't find anything left in me that's worthy of her But if I could express in words what it feels like to hear her laugh I could explain that there's also a lot that we know very well She hasn't lost her kindness or her warmth or her empathy She still cares about me and I still care about her I know that rebuilding a friendship after all that's happened will take lots of patience and I have plenty to spare I'm just happy to have the chance to get to know her again This morning daria asked if I want to have a video call sometime this weekend I agreed, but i'm ashamed to admit that as much as I want to see her i'm very nervous I look so different than she'd remember my jaws messed up and I have the teeth of a hockey player Fortunately, I will qualify for healthcare insurance soon and be able to have them fixed I lost weight that I haven't put back on and I see an old man in the mirror I'm also worried that i'll get very emotional when I see her and embarrass myself that way I don't really cry in front of people. I'm not used to it and this doesn't seem like a good occasion to start Aside from not wanting to appear pitiful, I don't want her to feel forced to comfort me. If anyone has some advice on how to handle this, it would be much appreciated. Overall, this week could not have gone better, and I'm extremely grateful to everyone who gave me the little push of courage I needed to send her that message. A thousand times, thank you. Oh, and just to clarify, she doesn't have a husband or kids. As I said in my first post, I only considered contacting her as there was no evidence of a partner on her social media. And there we go. Off the rip, it just sounded as if she was so into you and couldn't quite believe that you'd got back in contact with her. Amazing to have a girl text you throughout the day and really want to be in your life, right? Makes a change from being ghosted all the time. Am I right? Oh, just me? Tough. I hope for your sake, OP and Daria's, that this turns out well. Let's see if it does. Okay, then here we go. Here is the final update. I've had a lot of people ask for an update. So here it is. The last two months have gone by very fast. I told Daria that I was nervous about the video call and she insisted on having it right away so that I could get it over with and stop worrying. Seeing her made everything feel real in a way it hadn't before. She still looks like herself or even more beautiful, different only in the sense that she is fully an adult now. The place she lives is very different from our home country with a distinct culture to which she has assimilated. That she had time to adapt and feel completely at home in this place broke the illusion that no time had passed. In hindsight, that was probably the real reason I'd been so nervous because I could no longer occasionally forget myself and pretend that nothing had changed. The hardest part was not being able to reach through the screen and put my arms around her. Sitting there and watching someone you love cry from a distance is not easy. I barely noticed that I was crying too. 
She didn't seem surprised at my appearance But she did eventually look me over and ask if the food was rubbish where I lived I explained about my jaw and that i'm getting it fixed less dental work is required than I thought but I do need surgery Her response was to ask for my address and order groceries to be delivered Including a lot of soft snacks that are easy to eat and these meal substitution drinks that are actually tasty She's sent them every week since even though I tell her it's not necessary When I wanted to pay her back, she laughed at me and said she owed me a lot of food because I'd kept her from starving to death in university. I loved being able to cook for her and I suppose it makes her just as happy to feed me now. We talk every day and have made video calls a regular habit. It does me so much good just to see her face and the awkwardness is mostly gone now. It's easy to talk to her. Last night, she brought her computer into the kitchen and talked to me while doing the washing up. It's amazing how mundane things like that can make me feel normal and at home in ways I forgot I could. I never thought I'd be that stupidly happy to see someone washing coffee cups. I'm beginning to think that the idea of home as a physical place is a misconception. She likes to send photos to show me where she lives, what her life is like now. She was curious about how things are the same or different here. I didn't want to admit that I don't have much of a life to share back. Going places just doesn't seem worth the effort. She is, though. At first, it was very small things. She'd send a picture of a pastry she bought at a cafe, saying that she thinks her city has better pastries than mine. I'd go out and get one so I could send her a photo too. Then it was beer, which city has better parks, interesting architecture, a department store, and so on. I figured out quickly that she was trying to coax me into going out more, but I played along to make her happy. I've seen more of my city in the past month than the entire time I've lived here before. I've been to the art museum and finally joined my colleagues for a beer. Usually, I go places for short durations at the less crowded times, but I'm still going, which is something. Daria used to be very sociable, so I thought that whatever happened, at least she wouldn't be lonely. I was wrong. There is a lot she could never tell her friends because they can't relate. They would feel sorry for her and cease to be equals, she says. Our experiences are different, but we're more able to understand each other than other people could. And despite her own burden, she's quietly picked up half the weight from my shoulders without ever being asked to. I am in awe of her, simply for being the kind of person who would. For Women's Day, I sent her some orchids, and she was very happy that I remembered her favorite flower. The things I can do to make her smile are so small, and she deserves so much more than I know how to give her, but I would do anything for this woman, and I am learning. There are protests happening where she is, with riot police and tear gas. Whenever this happens, she feels nervous and has difficulty sleeping. Now, at least, I can stay on the phone with her at night so she's not alone. Aside from the anxiety, there's also a sense of nostalgia. She talks about when that was us making noise in the street. I'm glad she has good memories too and doesn't have to be alone with them anymore. Finally, the reason I am updating now, two months after the previous one. She is coming to visit. We were talking last night and I mentioned that a church near me has special windows designed by an artist she loves and I was thinking about going to see them eventually. She said it would be unfair of me to go without her, so I invited her to come with me. And then somehow it turned from vague future plans to being scheduled for next Saturday. She was going to come for the day, but I told her it was silly to travel so far to stay for such a short time and suggested she stay the entire weekend. 
So she'll be here from friday until sunday. I haven't really had time to be nervous yet But i'm sure I will thank you again to everyone who has given advice or encouragement It is very much appreciated and there we go guys. That is the end of that one Once in a blue moon you come across a story on reddit Which is truly wholesome and you think to yourself should that be a movie would I pay to go and watch it? Absolutely. Am I the jerk for refusing to honor my boyfriend's family's tradition? My boyfriend eric is 29 and I've been dating him for three years i'm 27 for context i've met his family and they are friendly we don't meet them very often because they live in my boyfriend's home country i don't want to reveal country names for privacy reasons but my boyfriend and i are of different nationalities and we both work in my country the conflict happened during our visit last weekend we've been looking up houses to move in together and engagement rings while having dinner we mentioned this to his family as it's a big step in our relationship we're not actually engaged yet His parents and brothers expressed their happiness for us. Then, out of nowhere, his youngest sister-in-law asked, So, is she going to take the test? I asked, what test? In summary, my boyfriend's family has this tradition where the future mother-in-law tests future daughters-in-law to see if they are good enough for her sons. Apparently, his mother and aunts went through the same test. The tests include how clean they can keep a home, how well they can cook, their manners, etc., Basically life skills most people learn from childhood. I found it ridiculous because one if i'm good enough for my boyfriend He should be the one deciding it and two I don't fit in their targeted category in his mum's words You can't be a good stay-at-home wife and stay-at-home mum if you can't be a good homemaker And she wants to make sure of that to be clear his mum and all three of his respective brother's wives are stay-at-home mums And although I respect their choice I'm not quitting my career and did not under any circumstances make my boyfriend think I could compromise on that I hate house chores and i'd rather buy homemaking gadgets and hire staff No matter the cost than have to do chores myself I told my boyfriend's mum all of this and it caused an argument that eventually ruined dinner and an extension our visits My boyfriend doesn't care whether i'm a working wife or a stay-at-home wife But he thinks I should have just done the test because it's just the test and it's not like they would reject me if I failed it He thinks it's a fun tradition that everyone was looking forward to and I should have gone along with it anyways My boyfriend thinks that i'm the jerk and suggested I make this post if I really am the jerk here I'm sure you guys will let me know. So am I? Alright, then before we get into the update first of all I've picked out this relevant comment from op giving us a little bit more about the history of this tradition It's just one of those things that one family member does and it's passed down for generations Like baking a huge cake on the anniversary of someone important in the family Not everyone in that country does it, but it is a family tradition I don't know if my example makes sense, but this is how I understood it. Okay, sure But there's a reason why we don't maintain traditions that we did hundreds of years ago, right? Otherwise, as you can probably agree, guys, the world would be a pretty terrible place. I don't want to give any examples, but let's be honest. Traditions are probably there to be broken over the period of time, right? The world's changed. OP continues. I'm not sure if the results mean anything. All I know is that if it's a cooking test, for example, I'd have to cook a nice meal for the family and receive their approval based on how delicious it is. And trust me, they'll be convinced I'm trying to take revenge on them if they ate my food. So there's that. But now that you mentioned it, his mum cooks like a five-star chef, and so do his sister-in-laws, the two whose food I've tasted. Maybe they passed the test? I don't know. 
I'll have to ask my boyfriend. Okay, then just two days later, we got this update from OP. I mean, it's worth saying as well. In my opinion, there is no way that OP could possibly be seen as the jerk here. But nonetheless, here is the update. Several things have happened since my post and I received requests for an update. So here it is. This will be my only update. I got a lot of insight from the votes and comments on my original post and I would like to thank you all for that. I showed my boyfriend the responses and judgment. Most of you felt I was not the jerk and like you would guess, he was upset by this judgment. He tried to make his own post but was TA'd so badly as in the jerked, he deleted it in less than an hour. Tell you what, I would have loved to have seen that post. Anyway, I talked to my family and told them about the test. Yesterday, they called us home for dinner and told him they would let me take his family's test if he let my dad and male cousins put him through a similar one. He blew up about how ridiculous it is because it's a family tradition for his family, but for mine, it's something we came up with at random. He ended up saying it's okay if I don't do the test, but my parents and I were being childish. He let slip mid-argument that his youngest sister-in-law didn't want to do the test either, but look at her, the perfect wife. He said a lot of things, but long story short, he is still supportive of whatever I want to do with my life after marriage, but his family will never think the same way. However, I was starting to see a pattern, so I asked to take a break. It was great while it lasted. And one final comment from OP left very recently. It still sucks being me for now, but between work and getting home fast so I can read some chapters or play at least one of my games before I nod off, I barely have time to think about my ex. The tiniest chance that I could give it another chance vanished when he started spamming my phone with misogynistic rubbish like I'll be single forever if I don't bow my head. Good riddance. Oh my goodness me. And there we go. What a start to the episode. No doubt one of the weirdest posts that I've had the the displeasure of reading. It's just strange from the outset. I want to know, right, that the women that have been taken into this family, right, that are now, well, your your future, but they would have been your future sisters-in-law. How do they feel about all of this? Are they like all right about it? Do they kind of make light of it? Is it okay for them because they are good cooks and they do want to be stay-at-home wives? Or, I mean, I really hope they wanted to before they went through this ordeal and that they've not been forced into it. Because it kind of sounds like the path you were going along, you were going to be, well, not forced, but heavily pressured into staying at home, which is something that you obviously didn't want to do. I mean, it sounds to me like you have a great career and you're doing very well for yourself. I can't think of anything worse than someone saying, yeah, how about stopping that? And just doing a bit of cooking and cleaning and taking care of our future kids. Sounds good. I mean, we're not living in the 60s, guys. We're not. My boyfriend found out I'm rich and started using it against me. My boyfriend and I met through a dating app eight months ago, and we've had a good, steady relationship. I come from a well-off family, but my parents never spoiled me. They taught me not to indulge in excess and to keep my privilege in mind when interacting with people. I'm currently living in an apartment with only my salary. Now, I haven't told my boyfriend about my wealth. I wasn't actively hiding it. It just didn't come up. My birthday was a few weeks ago and my parents threw a party at our home. Our home is a medium-sized villa. My boyfriend started scowling when I told him that was the home I grew up in. When I asked him about it, he told me it was nothing and started smiling again. His mood got worse though, as more and more of my parents' rich friends started coming in. When I asked him about it the next day, he just told me that he was feeling a little sick. After we got back, he asked me why I hid the fact I was rich. I told him that I wasn't hiding it, but he started bringing it up in every conversation after that. Like him telling me that I didn't know how to cook properly because I was spoilt. Sorry, is this the same person from the last one? He brought it up with his friends, telling them I was a spoilt princess who had everything handed to me. It started as jokes, but it got more hostile as the days went on. When I brought this up, he told me I didn't know normal people problems because I was rich. 
Did I do something wrong? And what should I do? And then a couple of days later, we got the following updates. After I made the Reddit post, I tried to have a conversation with him, but he kept stonewalling me. He made more snide comments and I decided to break up. When I told him that I was leaving him, it felt like he was expecting it. He called me a rich and then word that rhymes with rich that also means female dog and went on a rant about how I was leaving him because he was poor. Some commenters told me to expect this, but it still came as a shock. He and I have very good salaries and I don't know why he said that. He was a good person most of the time I knew him. Some people asked me why I didn't warn him about my wealth. All my relationships before him were with people in my social class, so the expectation of wealth was implicit. Okay, this is the, I'm not gonna lie, this is the first sentence that I've, I've read from OP that I don't particularly like, uh, but we'll carry on. Having wealth was not a big deal in any of my previous relationships, so I assumed it was the same in this one too. It, it, you know, it just comes across a little bit patronizing, condescending, even if it's not meant that way, that's all I'll say. I'll warn my partners before taking them home in my future relationships. Yeah, that's just silly. This is a tangent, but I wanted to talk about I'm not rich, my parents are, the thing that many comments suggested. A lot of my friends from wealthy families use that line as a defense, but it's misleading. If I wanted to, I could dip into my parents' finances. I choose not to, but it's still my wealth too. It might technically be my parents' money, but it still makes me wealthy. And having wealthy parents comes with a lot of privileges, even if I don't actively use their money. I never had to work a job when I was studying. I had access to the best schooling. I don't have student loans. And my parents' connections open a lot of doors. Having a safety net let me find what I was good at and let me take risks. So unless they are estranged from their families, children from wealthy families are also wealthy. You know what? I do agree with that entire paragraph, I'll be honest. I thank all the people who commented on my original post and gave me advice. I felt like I was doing something wrong, but you made me see that it was his insecurity and jealousy that was the issue. Okay, you know what? For a period there, for a couple of sentences, I was a little bit worried that OP was coming across as a little bit patronizing, as I said. I don't know, it felt like she knew she had all this wealth and was kind of just like, oh, it's not a problem. I don't know, maybe I've just misinterpreted that. Maybe I have. Looking at that, that final paragraph, it actually did make a lot of sense. I- I'm gonna be honest, I do understand a lot of the stuff that she said there, and she's absolutely right. Uh, I know from my perspective, my parents having you know some money meant that i did have more time to focus on stuff for example at uni i could mess around and make silly youtube videos rather than have a job that is i mean that's not my parents money isn't my money but i've got to be honest that is a fact so i do completely understand what she's saying there the thing is for me i'm always very careful to not ever gloat at all or even infer that you know anyone has any money or anything because it's so irrelevant to how you are as a person but i will say that what she's saying isn't wrong now the one thing that i do don't really didn't really get was saying like she, she kind of makes it seem like a bad thing having money and saying oh i should should i have said about money like from in my experience it doesn't really matter like it, it, it's a weird thing for him the, the boyfriend to be so het up about i will say and that is a bit of a red flag i guess because it's just like why is it a bad thing that that someone's parents have money i don't really understand that maybe you think oh they're so far removed from society i don't know if you if you feel that way in the comments let me know i don't really get it maybe that's my own you know lack of social appreciation who knows but from my perspective definitely a good thing to break up with him i was a little bit concerned that that even though the whole point of the post is saying, oh, why is this person using my wealth against me? You were still saying I'm wealthy, just in a roundabout way. Although I now have slightly changed my mind. Yeah, the only the only uh, 
sentence I didn't like was when OP said, all my relationships before him were with people in my social class. So the expectation of wealth was implicit. Don't really like that because that's kind of inferring that people in different social classes don't have wealth. You know, maybe if you look at the data, it's accurate, but I, I don't really like that. I don't know. I know a lot of kids, right? Or I knew a lot of kids in school that had extremely wealthy parents that were horrible. And like, so like, I don't know the word, not well, patronizing, just so unaware. Well, aware, but then they made you aware of how wealthy their parents were, etc., etc. And none of that wealth was actually theirs. Yes, of course it is theirs in a roundabout way, but they didn't make any of the money. It's their parents' money, you know? So that's what I'm trying to get at. My wife told me to shut my mouth in front of a bunch of people at a kid's birthday party. Now this was originally posted on August the 21st, 2022. My wife and I are at odds lately over her sister-in-law, who is also her best friend, who is married to her brother. Long story short, she bends over backwards to accommodate their every ask, including babysitting, errands, etc. This extends to volunteering me to help them without my knowledge or consent. She never sees my point of view or agrees with any criticism of them that I have. We were at my nephew's birthday party today. My sister-in-law is the one who's hosting it, so my wife is super keen for things to go well. Things were going okay. My daughter, who is three, was a bit upset because her balloon animal accidentally was popped. So she's standing with my wife, getting a cuddle, and a boy, older than her, about five or six, sprints into her and knocks her over. She's crying, obviously, and I pick her up. My wife is making a joke of it, saying, oh, she needs to watch where she's going. But I said back to her, don't blame her for getting bowled over by the bigger boy. Now, apparently the mother of this other kid was an earshot, which prompted my wife to tell me in front of one of her other best friends and a couple of other guests to shut my mouth. Then she had the cheek to tell me to not have a moody face. 15 minutes before this post, I sent an email to a divorce lawyer for a consultation. I finally reached my limits. Okay, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was sort of expecting that final sentence. Uh, it seems as if this was definitely the turning point or the tipping point, let's just say, to lots of other things that have come before this for OP. We're gonna get into an update almost immediately from the same post, of course. But I will say that, yeah, although it's obviously not very nice to have your wife tell you in front of other people to shut up or shut your mouth at a kid's birthday party i mean to be fair that is pretty terrible some other stuff must have come before that there must be some pent up you know stuff going on there to actually call a divorce lawyer immediately afterwards but anyway let's see what happens next so then the first update firstly i'd just like to thank everyone for your responses supportive or otherwise being heard and listened to is such a mental boost i spoke to my solicitor first thing this morning and we had a good talk He knows that I'm angry and upset at the situation and he says that he'll get myself and my wife in for a consultation if we decide to go down that route. The issue in Scotland is that for a divorce where only one party wants out, it can take upwards of a year to get it and evidence of separation in that period. Unless both parties agree to unreasonable behavior as the reason for the court granting the divorce. Long story short, I can't proceed without her buy-in if I want it resolved fast. So I took my daughter to my mum's after this and then I sat my wife down. I told her that yesterday's situation was absolutely unacceptable and that if I told her to shut her mouth in front of my friends, that I'd be getting crucified by everyone we know. 
I told her she was lucky I kept my mouth shut at the party and that I didn't give an F about how her sister-in-law would have taken it. We fought again about her sister-in-law and again, she defended her actions, saying that I'm the selfish one who won't help out my family when they need it. I then did the perhaps petty move of dropping divorce leaflets that I printed from my solicitor's website in front of her. I said to her, I absolutely want to help my family and this is how I do it. I told her about how I was tired of playing third wheel in my own marriage and I told her that I was not prepared to subject my daughter to a lifetime of this subservience. Finally, it looks like what I've said has had an impact. She cried and I think she was close to having a panic attack. This made me feel guilty because fundamentally, I don't think she's a bad person. She's just brainwashed into thinking that her sister-in-law is the second coming of the Messiah. So she promised that when I finish work today, we can have a serious talk about things and she'll listen to my concerns. Right now, I'm not buying it, but I owe her and my daughter at least a chance to sort things out. So I'll see where it goes. To answer some questions that folks had, I know this seemed like an overreaction to something, but you've got to understand that this was the latest in a long line of sister-in-law related issues. Some folks have asked if my wife might be gay and in love, and I have thought about this as a possibility. I haven't asked her yet, but I may tonight. It does certainly seem logical given how passionate she gets about it. Okay, so that is it for the first update, but just a day later, we got a second. So we sat down last night for the crunch talks. I have to give her credit where it's due. She apologized for what she said at the party and she said that she'd also have considered divorce if I'd done the same to her. I reiterated to her that my issue is that she completely makes herself subservient to her sister-in-law at our expense. I pointed out how messed up it was that she didn't immediately take our daughter's side in this incident. The collision was accidental, I think, but I told her that to blame the little one was out of line, which she accepted. I then asked her outright if she had any sort of romantic feelings for her sister-in-law. She squirmed and looked a little uncomfortable. She said that a long time ago at the end of high school, there had been a drunken kiss on a night out, but nothing beyond that. She sort of played the angle that she didn't want anyone, especially her brother, to know about it. And that's why she bends over backwards to make sure her sister-in-law is happy. I asked her if her sister-in-law had ever threatened to reveal this incident, but she denies that it's even been brought up. She just thinks that if the wider family knew, it would bring up a lot of weirdness. She swears that she has no interest in having any kind of relationship with her and that she's straight. I told her I didn't care about what she did that long ago, but that it needed to stop impacting our relationship in the present because I am the thinnest of thin hairs away from walking away forever. She surprisingly apologized again and said that she'd really try to work on it. I told her that I needed to see some proof of that so she can consider herself on probation. I told her that if I feel that it's happened again, I'll be taking our daughter to stay at my mum's. She accepted this, so we're proceeding cautiously. And guys, that was the end of the story for a very long time, a good six, seven months. However, April the 3rd of this year, we got another update. Remember, the original was posted in August of 2022. So a lot of people thought that perhaps that was going to be the end and we're wondering what would happen next. But yeah, in April, we got another update. I've posted here many times about issues I've had with my wife, most commonly with regards to her subservience to her best friend turned sister-in-law. She's promised to try and work on this given how much it's impacted our marriage, but today I think we passed the point of no return. You see, today is my birthday. It's past midnight now though. This morning, my daughter, who is nearly four, gave me huge hugs and kisses, which was great. My wife gave me a card and told me that my gift hadn't arrived in the post yet. 
My suspicion is that she's yet to order it or ordered it late, whatever it may be. I then logged into my work and did my shift like any other day. My wife was off work while my daughter was at my mum's for a visit. Nothing special was planned for the evening because there were plans in place already. Just that those plans didn't include me. My wife's sister-in-law and a couple of my wife's other friends had arranged to go out for dinner and drinks because a voucher that her sister-in-law had for a particular restaurant expired soon and my birthday was the only date they could all make. Terrible, right? Well, it gets better though, because my wife made a big social media post wishing me a happy birthday, saying how terrible it was that I had to work all night on my birthday, which is a complete lie, but it does make her look less bad in public for not spending my birthday with me. The issue is, because she's done this, I now couldn't make plans with friends or family without exposing her lie. So yeah, great birthday. When I think about how she'd react if I'd pulled half the stuff that she's pulled, I can't see it ending any other way than me getting screamed at, even though she's chosen to spend my birthday with her sister-in-law instead of me. On the plus side, I did some Warhammer painting after I collected my daughter and played with her a bit before bed. She also asked why mummy wasn't here, which kind of crushed me. Am I wrong to be annoyed about this? And there we go. My worst fears have come to fruition. It is really not looking good for you two, is all I'll say. Um, first of all, of course you're not wrong to be annoyed about this. Are you joking? She's actively said that, that she's she's doing something else because you're busy. Like making up this entire rumor and just downright lie on social media to make herself look good and allow her to go and do things with her friends on your birthday. Actually insane. And remember, guys, this is coming off the back of that that heart-to-heart conversation. Well, I thought it was heart-to-heart, and I thought the apologies were, were legit back in August 2022 when we saw the previous update where your wife literally said, okay, I will focus on the marriage now and our daughter, not on my sister-in-law. But no, on your actual birthday, on her husband's birthday, she's off gallivanting with the girls. Uh, and that's pretty tough, not gonna lie. This does feel like this marriage may be coming to an end, but there is one more update that was posted 12 days later. I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but let's just say this is a conclusion. Here we go. I've separated from my wife. Hi again, everyone. I just wanted to say, firstly, thank you very much for all of your responses and private messages. Many of you were supportive, and many of you, rightfully, upon reflection, told me that I needed to grow some backbone and sort my stuff out. I've been sitting on this for a few days because the full events of what has transpired since then have blown my mind and have brought home some very harsh truths about my relationship. But I also wanted to see if what went down would actually stick, and so far, it has. The fun question out of the way first. For those who were asking about my painting, I was painting some Thousand Suns Terminators. Okay, so starting the day after my birthday, my wife initiated sex. And let me tell you, this was an occasion in itself. I legitimately could not tell you the last time that this happened. It's been that long i'm thinking to myself maybe she's feeling guilty about yesterday and she's trying to make it up after the deed was done she turns around to me and says your present won't be here for another couple of days that will have to do for now i'm pretty disappointed at this point not because i had a huge desire for a particular gift but because she felt that her behavior the day before was fine and then for her to think i'll use sex to cover up my screw up well that was also a bit of a blow Whatever, I've sucked up worse before and powered through. What broke me was her opinion on her sister-in-law's birthday. Long story short, for those who don't know, she is possibly my least favorite person on the planet due to her parasitic behavior and main character syndrome. Coincidentally, it's a couple of weeks after mine. 
my wife told me all about her birthday plans for her she wanted to get her a gift for her favorite massage therapist what was the big deal the shop only sells paper vouchers and it's a three hour round trip to the shop so off she went again leaving me with my daughter and what commenced next can only be described as three hours of my brain simmering slowly towards an explosion i took my daughter to my brother's house because i knew that when my wife came back i was going to explode when she came back i was sitting in the living room with a bag packed for me and in an admittedly petty move one pack for my daughter This immediately got her attention and she demanded to know what was going on. I unloaded it all. It wasn't coherent and I definitely got more emotional as I unloaded more grievances. I started by telling her it was unacceptable how she completely screwed up my birthday while making her sister-in-law's birthday a major priority. How I was sick of feeling like a third wheel in my own marriage. How I'd literally sacrificed my personality on the altar of keeping her happy. And how I never saw my friends anymore, yet she could do whatever she wanted. How I take care of the house, despite working more hours than her, for not even a shred of gratitude. How she used a lack of sex as a tool of manipulation and control. I cried and shouted. She did the same and vehemently denied all of my accusations. She demanded to know where our girl was, and I told her. But I told her that she would not be using her as a bargaining chip against me We eventually calmed down enough to agree that I would keep her at our house while she temporarily stayed with her mum and dad I agreed to drop her off for visits while we work things out. It's been a few emotionally exhausting days I feel drained spent and tired, but I have my little girl and I feel like I have done what I could I don't know what my relationship status is right now We've not been speaking except to arrange drop-offs and i'm comfortable with that for now I need some more time before I consider more permanent steps I've never ever unloaded on her like this before but jesus christ it felt good Even if she continued to deny everything and there we go That is the conclusion of that one. Wow A lot of stuff just happened at the end there that I can't quite believe but maybe I should have seen it coming You know the whole time the semi-crocodile tears the fake apologies I don't know guys. I want you to comment down below on whatever platform you're on. Do you think that op's wife i mean maybe now ex-wife it's getting towards that stage is in love or at least has some sort of romantic desire for her sister-in-law because she she openly admitted there was a drunken kiss she's lied about other things so maybe she's lied about there being more there and she did seem very sheepish and also she clearly just loves her as a person anyway even if it's not romantic i don't know i reckon there's a lot more going on there that that op hasn't really found out about um because his wife isn't really saying all of the truth i reckon she is in love with a woman nothing wrong with that by the way but i think that might just be the, the cornerstone the uh the big key to this entire story i will say this this whole story was really interesting on on the behalf of op because i do kind of agree with some of the comments going along that actually at some point like you grow a backbone right you need to stand up for yourself why are you protecting your wife on social media when she's the one that's kind of just being an absolute rat to you you know if your wife says oh it's a shame that my husband is working on his birthday and that's the reason why i'm doing these things with my friends why don't you just say on social media this is a lie Or just tell people yeah that's actually just not true she's just going to see her sister-in-law i get it you want to keep things um you know acrimonious you want to keep the peace but you're probably a very nice guy as well a selfless guy that just doesn't want to cause too much drama whereas your wife is clearly the very opposite of that but i will say that yeah maybe you could have stepped things up a little bit earlier i do love that you did it eventually op 
as you said at the end right there jesus christ it felt good to unload i feel like you have a lot of pent-up things that you need to say there and lots of grievances as you said and it's good to actually finally get them out and take those active steps towards a better life for you and your daughter let's be completely honest but yeah i do kind of think that maybe you could have gone a little bit earlier given that you had already mentioned about calling a divorce law and all that stuff in august of 2022 and we're now what seven eight months down the line and you're still not divorced but that's just me I'm not in that situation. I don't have a daughter, so it's tough to know. My girlfriend sold my car because of a petty argument. I am now suing her. So for a bit of context, my girlfriend and I have known each other for around four years, but started dating during 2021. That car has been passed down for generations, by the way. It's a 1972 Ford F100. My grandpa owned it, then passed it down to my dad, then passed it down to me. I don't drive it too often as I do have my own car, but I use it for work. Recently, we've gotten into an argument over me not taking care of our two cats. The thing is, I spend almost all day working and the rest of it resting. So, what did she do? She got the pickup truck, went to a junkyard, and sold it. The worst part, she sold it for $400. Keep in mind, this truck was in pristine condition. When I got back home from the bar, I noticed the pickup wasn't there. I asked her and she told me what she did. I instantly packed up my things, my cat, told her we were done and left. I've been getting calls from her, her family and friends every day calling me names. Am I in the wrong? Well, before we even get into an update, first of all, we have a comment from OP, which tells us all about the arguments. The first time we had an argument over chores. The last argument we had was about her disappearing on me for nine hours without any previous notice that was about a month ago the thing is it's not like i just didn't take care of the cats at all i was just really busy with work and got back home really tired also keep in mind that i was the breadwinner in the house i had an agreement that she would do the chores and i would put food on the table i still love the cats and i fed them okay now for the first update which is posted just a day later thanks for all the advice and support two things i've talked to my lawyer cousin he said i could have a solid case if this goes to court but honestly after all the trash i've been through i want my pickup back and some more for what happened i doubt the police are going to do anything after a couple of bad experiences i've had with them my ex came knocking on my door i ignored her i don't want anything to do with that female dog anymore my dad also got the news and was super sad considering that truck was pretty much the family's breadwinner for about 30 years okay moving straight on to update two Thanks for even more advice. I've now filed a police report for the stolen F100. I have hope it can be done. I'm also doing my own bit of research, driving to a couple of nearby junkyards, but I doubt I'll find it on my own. I hope we can find the old green F100 we love so much. Next update posted on the same day. The F100 has been found at a nearby junkyard by a friend. Thanks for all the support, guys. Well, that is unbelievable news. Now moving on to update four. So people have been asking these things and I feel like I should clarify. One, it is not like I took no care of the cats at all. She doesn't work. I put the bread on the table. She gets the house chores done. That is how we've managed it, which is why I feel like this was petty. Two, I went to a bar that evening to hang out with a friend that I hadn't seen in five years. I don't drink heavily or often. I guess OP is kind of saying that it wasn't as if he was going out every night and leaving his girlfriend to do everything. And three, the signature to sell it was forged by my girlfriend from what I know at the moment. Or the junkyard guy just took it because it was a $9.6,000 profit. 
The junkyard opens at 12.30 a.m. today, and since it's currently 5 a.m. here, I'm still gonna have to wait for a while. As you might be able to tell, today was quite a crazy day. Haven't gotten one minute of sleep. Okay, I guess all these updates came pretty much back to back to back to back over the course of this evening. Wow. What a day and night for OPA. Now, here is the amazing update that we've all been waiting for. So, I have the F100 back. Over a day of no sleep, work, and panic, and it's finally over. She's been charged with a class 1 felony for stealing a car worth more than $10,000. She's been fined $5,000. Finally back from the garage with the truck. I'm so tired. I'll take a nap now. I'll update you guys more thoroughly tomorrow. I don't feel like explaining every detail right now. It's 7.09 p.m. and I'm really tired of this freaking trash. And then just two days on from the date of the original post that we got this final update. I have the truck back. The F100 is actually back. I did have to pay the $400 though and it's not as good as it was before. It's really dirty, probably from driving to the junkyard, which is pretty dirty. And the bodywork that was once pristine is now damaged. There's a huge scratch on the paint. It was a really sharp key or something because the bodywork is now ruined. It started flash rusting, which is really not good. The paint is ruined and the truck itself isn't as great as before. I can tell that she broke the brake fluid line as well because the brakes are running badly. Good news though, as previously mentioned, my girlfriend has been charged with a C1F for GTA and fine the 5K. But don't worry though, I will still follow through with the lawsuits. So there we go guys, that is the end of this story. Now, as you can see on screen, if you are watching on YouTube, amazingly, this entire episode was actually put into a Newsweek article that was deemed newsworthy. Man suing ex-girlfriend for selling his family heirloom. Done with her, the quote. And you know what? I completely agree. What a story. And uh, a couple of really intense days, I guess, for OP. Back to back to back updates showed that. But, you know, justice was done in the end. Now, look, of course, it is a shame that the car was damaged and isn't in its original state. But nonetheless, that is a lot better than the alternative, which is never seeing that car again. Not only losing out on the $10,000 worth of value, of course, but also the incredible history of that car and the place that it holds in your family's heritage, I guess. The fact that it, it was the breadwinner for 30 years, gone like that over just a petty argument, that is incredible. I mean, wow. Justice has been done though. I really hope, I don't know if this is too harsh to say, that that 5K really affects your ex-girlfriend because she deserves it. Okay, now for our next best of Redditor updates post. My girlfriend dated me because of a dare. My girlfriend, who is 17, and I, an 18-year-old male, have been dating for five months. Before we started dating, I had a crush on her for roughly a year. It was quite well known since one of my old friends spilled it directly to her and her friends. They giggled for some time, but she never made a move on me or spoke to me about it. We're just classmates and we aren't close. Now, for New Year's, she hosted a birthday party for her 17th birthday. I was overjoyed and happily came. It was a great party, though I was mostly off to the side since my old friends were mainly mingling with other people. Now, a few days afterwards, she came up to me and asked to meet me after school. We agreed at the park to where she confessed that she had feelings for me and wanted to be a couple. I was over the moon and we began dating that day. Our relationship was pretty solid. We didn't get into many fights, but she wasn't all that affectionate, which I was fine with. We never got intimate and many did small things like cuddling. Skip to five months. She was in my home and in the kitchen making herself a snack. Her phone was buzzing and she asked me to bring it over. Her phone settings are such that you can see the first line of a message on her lock screen. 
The phone also automatically turns on whenever she receives a notification I took a glimpse and it was one of her friends now I didn't take a good look, but it read something like when is the breakup happening? Which immediately attracted my attention. I unlocked her phone since I knew her password prior I then read a few more messages where they were talking about a prank. They pulled on me I confronted her about it and she went silent after some prodding she confessed during her birthday One of her friends dared her to ask me out She got guilty when we continued dating for months upon months It was supposed to be a one-time thing with a simple date at a restaurant They planned to hook me up with someone and frame me for cheating in the next few weeks So she had a valid reason to break up with me It also gave the other girls a chance to spread rumors about me We got into a huge fight and I told her to leave and that we are done It's only been a few hours and I am absolutely devastated I really really like this girl and she decided that it was a fun idea to pull on my heartstrings I don't know what to do Her things are still here So i'm gonna put it all in the box and leave it outside She's been texting me apologizing trying to explain herself I blocked her friends numbers since they were also harassing me I haven't blocked her just yet since we have to get each other's stuff from the other's houses But after that i'll be going no contact Luckily the school year is almost over and i'm graduating so I don't have to see her again But still i'm really upset. It hurts man. Okay, then moving on to the first update posted just a day later I honestly didn't expect to post an update so soon But since I did agree to pick up my things today while also dropping hers off I don't know why I expected nothing to happen A lot of you pointed out that she may have fallen in love with me during our relationship But it doesn't matter if she did or not She broke my trust and i'm no longer attracted to her after yesterday She allowed her friends to talk trash about me and plotted to destroy my reputation She's weak-minded and i'm not going to further date someone who will pick their abusive friends over their romantic interest Do I feel bad? A little, but I tried warning her and she did not listen. So now on to the actual updates. I went to my ex's house with a friend of mine since no way in heck am I going there alone. Right before school, I went. I didn't see my things outside, so I rung the doorbell. Her father came out and handed my things to me while I gave him her things. He asked if I cheated on her since she's crying in her room about it. So yeah, more of you were right about them spreading rumors and trying to blast me. I explained that I didn't and even showed the screenshots that I had on my phone I guess op is referring to her her crazy friends spreading rumors and uh, yeah Good thing you had those screenshots op so you could back up your point and make sure that her father knew the truth I actually ended up sending him a screenshot through his phone. He thanked me and said he'll take a look at it I told him if you didn't believe me through that well then look at her phone My friends and I then left to go back home and get ready for school I'm happy I got my guitar back since it's really the only thing I valued after school I got a call from my ex's dad He apologized for the accusations and he said that he found the group chat of the girls and the hookup plans He said he was going to punish his daughter and find these friends parents He got their names already and he's prodding my ex to know where they live I told him he could use my screenshots as evidence to back me up Props to the dad for being calm about this and that's really all that happened I know her dad and he's a scary man He's six foot and built. He can be very intimidating and I know that my ex will give up the information. It's only a matter of time before the girls fall. I'll be keeping an eye out since I have a week left of school. If anything happens, I'll post another update. I'm not interested in finding their socials and seeing if they've already started spreading the whole cheating rumors. I'm sure they have done. However, everything was fine at school. 
but now it's the weekend so i may receive some backlash when i return but i honestly don't care i got accepted into a college and i'm ditching this place i just need to survive this week and graduation my ex's dad will do all the heavy work and then nine days later we got this final update man sorry it took so long i got busy with graduation and was waiting for things to be finished up Now that I think they are, this may be the final update to conclude this mess. My ex got grounded, of course. All technology has been stripped away and she was forced to delete all her socials in front of her dad, besides Facebook because of family connections. She isn't allowed out of the house and he's hoping to get her a job over the summer. All that money will be directly funded to her college savings and none will go to her spending. So, LMAO. Her dad also messaged me that she ended up ratting out her friend's addresses and he went to each house to talk to the parents. I don't know what happened to them, but some were furious at graduation. I know they had a huge fight with my ex and everyone dropped her as a friend. They dropped each other as well. The whole friend group basically crumbled except like two of them. I'm pretty sure my ex probably has one or two friends left, if any at all. She was well popular, but then dropped to the bottom of the food chain. It's hilarious. Now, none of the girls actually confronted me except for my ex. I met her after graduation where I was heading back to the car with my parents. She stopped me midway. She apologized profusely and admitted she never actually saw me as a lover, but as a best male friend. God, that makes it even worse. Five months with no real, you know, sexual attraction, actual relationship, wanting In all of that time, that is truly terrible. She realized how much we had in common when she took me on that day and wanted to get to know me more, but she's a lesbian. She wanted to keep the charade of us pretending to be lovebirds so that her friends wouldn't think she's a freak for liking girls. They're quite homophobic and would have dropped her. They did anyways, so... She also used the whole prank card as an excuse to not break up since I could have told people and word would have been spread around and it could have ruined her reputation too which is why they did the whole getting me framed for cheating thing. I'm surprised that she suspended it for several months and it got that far. It's impressive, actually. If I hadn't caught her in time, she probably would have just gone through with it due to pressure. So basically, she used me so that people think she's straight and also not to ruin her reputation if it came out that it was a prank to date me. The only thing that I forgave her for was her being a lesbian. I am a straight cis male, but I can't imagine how scary it might be to be in a circle full of homophobes whom you've known since you were kids, if you were gay. She didn't want to be discarded as a social outcast. Now, I'm sure she would have found plenty of friends who would have accepted her for who she is. We don't live in the 1900s. But still, I do understand why. I honestly would have rather her come out as lesbian than use our relationship as a prank, though. It would have been so much easier to handle. In the end, I told her to leave me alone and that I've blocked her. She understood and left. She was sobbing so much and actually having a panic attack in the parking lot. I had to drag her away from my parents at one point since I didn't want them finding out what's really been going on. I only told them that we broke up and that that was a final conversation to clear things up. Now, I do feel bad for her, but I can't help her. I do hope, though, that she finds better friends, honestly. Anyways, that is all for the update. I told her dad that I made a Reddit post about this situation. I didn't want to out her, so I asked him to ask her if it would be okay. She actually said yes. I don't know if she's read my post or not, but she definitely now knows that I wrote about her to Reddit. Oops. Well, there we go. That is the end of that one. And to be honest, I do completely agree with OP. The moment that OP said about, you know, 
really she was kind of just semi using him to cover up the fact that she is a lesbian and that she had real worries and concerns about coming out as a lesbian and, and you know that was the main reason or at least one of the main reasons as to why she maintained her relationship with op i, I kind of I, I do feel that i do feel that my boyfriend's friends pretended to kidnap me for a proposal i am trembling and i just created this alt account because my main has a lot of details about me that would make it easy to trace back a week ago my boyfriend told me he had a camping trip planned with his friends on friday today he said he'd have no service and he'll see me on sunday he messaged me at 5 a.m this morning and told me they're hitting the road at around 8 i went for a run like i usually do on fridays I have one headphone in while I do because I was on a work call. While I was running, I noticed an SUV that kept popping up. In hindsight, it looked just like my boyfriend's childhood friend's car. I sent a message to my sister saying to stand by and shared my location. Right after sending the message, I looked up and the SUV was right beside me and someone jumped out and grabbed me. It happened so fast that I even dropped my phone on the pavement. I was pulled into this car and I could tell there was at least two masked guys in the back before they covered my eyes. In hindsight, they had cartoonish ski masks and black gloves on. I freaked out and resisted like crazy, screaming and kicking. All I could hear was these guys laughing and I could feel one of them holding me down by my arms behind me and the other holding my legs down at my knees. I don't know how long I was in there, but I kept begging them to let me go and crying. I even admit I peed myself, but I don't think they'd noticed until we arrived at the house. They pulled me out of the car and I was screaming for help until I was pulled into the house. When the mask on my head was removed, I was on my knees in front of my boyfriend of two years. He was staring at me with a confused look before he started to angrily ask his friends, what was going on as i started to adjust to what was going on i realized he was dressed nicely and there were romantic decorations around the entryway to the house i realized who he was and what was going on and i collapsed into sobs i probably had a five minute panic attack in that car on my way there and another one sitting in the entryway to his house i was sweaty wearing soiled yoga pants flushed with fear scared for my life that was all about an hour or two ago My boyfriend took me upstairs and was going to help me get showered and changed, but I wanted to do that alone. I heard yelling and commotion downstairs while I showered, but I didn't know what was going on. I'm sitting in his room now, holding my shattered phone after crying to my sister about what happened. She lives an hour and a half away, but is speeding over to get me now. I can't stop thinking about what happened. And even though I know now that I was never in any danger, I don't think my brain can comprehend it. They were snickering and teasing me in deepened voices about what they were going to do to me. The one that was holding my legs down kept caressing my thighs up and down into the inner area. When the car would break, his face kept falling into my chest. I don't even know who that was. I just know that one of them sounded unsure and kept trying to defuse the situation. But I think... It was the driver. Wow, what a crazy start to the story. As I said in the intro, there are many updates to come and we're going to get into them in just a few moments. But first of all, what do I even say to that? Comment down below, guys. What are your immediate reactions to what I've just read? I would love to know so many things. Like I have so many questions and all will be revealed in the updates. But first thing that comes to my mind is, did the boyfriend really know how crazy this was going to be? Are they his close friends? Why did he do this in the first place? Why on earth were they touching you and, you know, getting close to you in that sort of way? Oh, it's crazy. I don't know if this was supposed to be some sort of prank that just went wrong. But the fact of the matter is, it was just a horrible, horrible experience for you. And OP, off the bat, before we get into any updates, 
I'm so sorry that this happened. Okay, so first of all, in the comments down below, a lot of people were discussing whether or not the boyfriend was involved or to what extent he was involved. And OP had this to say. I don't think he knew how they were going to do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he used the words kidnap and they took it too far. He's never given a red flag before, but if his friends are crazy like this, I need to reevaluate him too. I'm not sure, and I don't want to immediately talk to him. I think I'm feeling traumatized or something because I just can't physically talk to anyone except my sister. Guys, remember that OP is writing this and responding to comments pretty soon after the fact, right? She's still in the house upstairs with her sister just a couple of hours after this all happened. The next question from the comments was if OP's boyfriend is from a culture where something like this is more common, but OP instantly says no. He's ethnically from the Middle East and I am from Eastern Europe. Very similar backgrounds, actually. We were both born and raised in America and we're both culturally and socially very Western slash American. And then finally, one commenter asks if OP could possibly stay with her sister and get some space from her boyfriend. And OP says that they don't actually live with their boyfriend at all. So either way, I'll stay with my sister a city away or she'll stay with me tonight. Okay then, so let's get into an update. This one was posted five hours later. I'm working with police now. This is going to be investigated as a false imprisonment if I press charges. My sense of time was so warped. From where I was picked up to his house was about seven or 10 minutes in the car, but it felt like way longer than that. As for the friends, the driver was his childhood best friend who I actually get along well with. He was in tears when he voluntarily arrived at the police station for a statement. The other two were friends from his athletics class that he started attending a few months ago. It seems like the two guys I didn't know wanted in on what otherwise was supposed to be something more innocent. The original plan was for them to pop out of this car in their funny kidnapping attire and hand me a letter that explained I was being summoned by my boyfriend and that resistance is futile. It seems though like the plan changed as the two new friends wanted to shake me up a bit more and make it feel more real. Okay, so there we go. I guess a little insight into how involved OP's boyfriend was in all of this. Now you could argue that it's not really the boyfriend's fault because he didn't actually say to his friends to do this. It was them doing this themselves and it was, you know, just out of his hands. However, I would say to that, that he was the one who chose to kind of put this all into place in the first place. He was the one that employed his two friends to do this, right? Said, do this, do this. And ultimately, if you're gonna be trusting two friends that you've only known for a few months in your proposal to your girlfriend, you know, the woman that you wanna be with for the rest of your life, that's a very important moment, then that's kind of a bad thing for you to do, right? I mean, you're trusting two guys that you've barely known to do something that's so important. Very, very risky, and that ultimately is your fault, even though they obviously didn't do what you asked them to do. As for the two guys, I mean, they're just complete wrongins, right? Like, what are they doing? Seriously, what are they doing? The driver, fair enough, probably was focused on the road and was like, guys, what are you doing? This is very, very uncomfortable. And you can see the remorse later on in this post. But for the two guys themselves, like, how are you even mates with them in the first place? That is what I just don't really understand. Okay, now for the next update. I've had time to calm down and had long talks with my sister. We're going to meet up with my ex-boyfriend for dinner tonight. That's with a question mark, by the way, I guess unsure at this moment. He's been respectful of my request for space, but has been emotional whenever he thinks about what I went through this morning. His best friend contacted me repeatedly, apologizing for allowing it to get that far, but I asked for him to stop and he did. The best friend's fiance reached out and has been supportive and apologetic too. I am astounded at the support I've received here and I wish I could thank each of you individually. 
I've never had anyone other than my sister and boyfriend care for my mental well-being like this reddit is a very kind place sometimes And then finally we got this update just a week or so ago in short i'm healing my now fiance had a private proposal with me last week Oh, wow, you know what i'll be honest guys. I really didn't expect that but I was kind of hopeful We had many tough conversations and his responses to everything reminded me how safe and loved I am by him He didn't ask for or endorse that type of plan I've learned that the two friends whom I didn't know were highly influenced by youtube pranksters and social experiment channels Also, one of them let us know he's on the spectrum and apologized for his part Okay, fine, but just because you're on the spectrum doesn't mean you can go around actually properly kidnapping people. Come on. I think that's all I can share for now. I'm only consulting right now and I may not actually press charges. Once again, thank you so much for all the kindness and support. Opening my inbox today warms my heart incredibly. Now there is one final edit from OP saying this. There are a lot of people who disagree with me staying with my fiance. I'm sorry I couldn't explain in detail how confident I am in him throughout this. Please read carefully before passing judgments and i'm sorry I couldn't please everyone with my decisions But after further response, I think pressing charges is the best course of action Maybe i'm a bit too tender-hearted, but I didn't want the former best friend to get some flack too But it seems he has to yeah, that is a tough one right there I don't really know how I feel about that. I think I completely agree with op in reality Yeah, you don't want the driver who is actually probably a good person and it, it really wasn't on them Was it i mean there was going to be a driver no matter what happened even if op had been handed the note as planned and it had been relatively fun they were they were still going to be involved so it's a tough one on their behalf uh but ultimately if you're going to press charges on those other two and you have to do that and i'm really happy that you have done then yeah sadly the driver the childhood friend is going to be caught up in one way or another but you know if you show remorse and you say look i'm so sorry i didn't expect it to happen like this and i was just driving the car and it was all planned out like this and you know you get the boyfriend's uh words and op says that they really don't think the driver was was in the wrong really that much at all then the sentence in theory shouldn't be too bad on the driver but there's other two i hope they actually go to jail not gonna lie because i don't know there was lots of different words that you could put in front of assault there that they did on op now as for your boyfriend slash now fiance i'm happy about that i am because i do feel like he just made a, a fatal error and it was a terrible error the sort of error that you'd really hope not to make at that stage in a relationship but still you could see that this is just not what he had planned at all it went horribly wrong it's a terrible shame but ultimately we're not gonna know guys we're just reading one post and a couple of updates from op it's up to op and if, if she's happy with her decision and has had solid conversations with her now fiance and feels that over the course of their relationship this is just a blip uh, who am i to say no i think fair play for sticking with him and not just you know completely getting out of the relationship just from one terrible mistake now moving on to our next story this one originally from r slash relationship advice and there are a lot of updates to come my husband and son both lied to me i am a 34 year old woman my husband is a 36 year old man we've been married for 12 years a few weeks ago my husband said that he has seen another woman handle situations that he didn't think i would be able to handle I tried to talk to him about why it bothered me and he just told me it was a passing comment and that I shouldn't take it so seriously He said he'd meant to simply compliment her by saying she was handling so much on her own and that he was impressed by it But I told him it was completely unnecessary and hurtful to compare her to me to compliment her He told me I was being unreasonable and jealous and that he didn't mean anything by it 
After that, he didn't say anything else about it, so I dropped it. Then yesterday, when I came home from work, I saw a pair of women's Fendi sunglasses on our kitchen island, kind of hidden by our fruit bowl. I picked them up and I asked my husband whose they were. He looked confused and was like, aren't they yours? And I said, no. Our older son, 11 years old, is sitting at the kitchen table and goes, oh, those are my friend Allison's. I took them home by accident. I was immediately suspicious. These are very expensive sunglasses. I know Allison's mother and she doesn't seem like the type to let her child bring something worth that much money into school. My son kept insisting they were hers and that he'd just taken them home accidentally on the bus and that he'd return them to her tomorrow. But I said no, that I'd return them to her mother in person so I could make sure they got to them safely. When I spoke to Alice's mother, she confirmed that they weren't Alison's and that neither she nor her daughter owned sunglasses like that. When I told my son and my husband, they both feigned ignorance. My son went from saying that he could have sworn they were Alison's to, well, maybe not. Maybe I don't know whose they are. And then my husband said that he does remember taking the sunglasses out of our son's backpack when he was getting out his lunch stuff. My younger son, who is nine, just came home and recognized the sunglasses. They are Noelle's, the woman my husband helps out sometimes. The one who he told me to not be upset over comparing me to her. I'm gonna confront him when he gets home. I don't know what to say to him. I feel as though I'm going to immediately burst into tears. Can someone please give me advice as to what to say? And also just general advice, please. I never thought I'd be in this situation. Well, before we get into the update and we get the reveal of what exactly is going on here, I'm gonna be honest, I don't have too much confidence. I feel like OP is in a world of trouble and yeah, ultimately it's very likely that you're being cheated on. As as much as it pains me to say it and it's gonna be a horrible experience for you, I think that's what's going on here. The thing that's absolutely mental to me and that I can't quite work out is why your son is covering for your dad. Like to do that, to actually lie about something like that in the knowledge that you are lying, right? Normally you just say, oh yeah, I don't know whose they are, but you're lying for a reason. There's no other reason to lie than to cover up for your dad. Why are you doing that? You're 11. It makes me think that that surely the dad has been in the 11 year old's ear and told him that, which is even more crazy. Imagine cheating on your wife and then telling your son to help you out and cover up your infidelity. Is that really what's going on here? That's the thing that I can't get my head around. But nonetheless, let's get in to the reveal. Okay, so this was posted just one day after the original. When he got home, my husband admitted they were Noelle's. She's been over there while I was at work. My husband had not realized they were hers. He thought they were mine, which is why he didn't move them. My older son realized whose they were immediately, which is why he lied about them. He knew I was about to find it all out and was trying to cover. My younger son recognized them because apparently they've gone with Noel numerous places on my husband's days off while I was at work. I don't know what he told my older son, but he told my youngest not to tell me about Noel and her son hanging out with them because I would feel bad about being left out because I was at work. What the heck? I returned the glasses to Noel, who seemed horrified. She was under the assumption I knew about their hangouts. I asked her why she thought it would be okay. She looked really confused and told me why would I care if we were separated anyway? Wow. I told her we absolutely were not separated. We were very much still together. 
Apparently, my husband told her we'd not been together except for cohabiting and co-parenting for months now. I confronted my husband with this information and he didn't deny it. He apologized but said he had developed feelings for Noelle but didn't want to risk our marriage until he knew if they were true feelings or just attraction. He left the house. Noelle wants nothing to do with him because now she knows the truth. He lied to her as well and she is furious. I'm speaking to a lawyer today. I'm not going to speak to him again except through lawyers since I don't have anything else to say to him. And that right there is the definition of a modern day rat. Simple as that. Sorry, but uh, it's true. You can't, you can't just be doing that. Sorry, it's actually so crazy that I have to laugh at that sort of stuff. Uh, let me just try and, you know, see if I want to cheat on my wife with this woman. But I'm not entirely sure if I want to lose the, the guarantee of, of having sex with my wife and the comfort of that relationship until I know for sure that I can have a new one. So we're just going to do this as like a, like a kind of like a free trial, you know? You know when you sign up to Amazon, like, yeah, you get a 90-day free, free trial, but you don't have to actually pay any money. going to do this with Noelle for a little bit, but um, I can always just go back to my wife if it doesn't work out. Oh, actually, no, I do like Noelle. Um, are we going to jump ship? Nah, let's just do both for a while and lie to both of them and then eventually get found out, thankfully, and both of them have left, which is good because that is what, you know, this guy deserved to have happened to him. What a an absolute disgrace of a man i met my wife's boyfriend and felt like a guest in my home this weekend i met my wife's new boyfriend i have a lot of feelings about it and although my wife listened to me she literally said i don't know how to respond to your concerns and that ended the conversation to set the stage this was not our first time meeting the other's partners I have met a now ex-boyfriend of hers and she met my current girlfriend. In both of those cases, we went out to lunch in public and had a friendly getting to know you conversation, did a second activity and then parted ways. There was no touching between anyone during the initial meetings. It was just a friendly hinge chat to introduce matters. This weekend, my wife had invited her boyfriend over for breakfast and didn't prep for it at all. She was in bed minutes before he arrived and sent me to the store to buy everything we needed. I said we should go out at that point, but she said she wanted to cook. When I got home, he was already in my house with my wife in the master bedroom while she was getting ready. This made me tense because we've never had other people in our bedroom before and my wife had previously marked it as her hard boundary. I was nervous about meeting this guy because we had a three-way phone call a month ago and I wasn't digging his personality. Now I was on edge because of the groceries, because she wasn't ready and because he was in my space. The guy comes out of my bedroom and he's wearing a full suit and tie while I'm in t-shirt and jeans. I perceive this as an odd choice and a power imbalance. My wife later told me he always wears suits, but that literally isn't true because after breakfast, he changed clothes to go on a date with her and ended up in a t-shirt and jeans. So let me get this straight. He wore a suit for breakfast, then changed out of it for the rest of the day. What? We sit down at the table and my wife starts cooking. Already this is uncomfy to me because the hinge is missing from our conversation. Previously, we sat down at a table together, but my wife was effectively uninvolved in me meeting him for the first time, just occasionally chiming in while cooking. And we didn't really vibe. We'd ask each other a question or two, and then it would peter out until a new topic came up. When the conversation died down, the boyfriend just spews sexual comments, saying that he wants to bend her over the kitchen table right now, that she should stop cooking and do stuff with us, asking if we want to jump into a threesome right now, etc. When we previously spoke on the phone, this is part of what made me uncomfy, because the conversation was going well, 
until he hyperfixated on sex and any other conversation broke down. I had previously conveyed this to my wife after the call, but I'm ashamed to say I didn't stand up for myself. I have difficulty saying what I want to in the moment. I was also trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and I didn't want to be too aggressive when meeting him for the first time. My wife sits down with plates of food and the guy asks if he can sit next to her. We have a square table with a chair on each side. He picked up his chair and sat on the same side of the table as her. Now, that was super weird to me and made me uncomfortable. My wife later insisted he always does this. My beef is that it felt like he didn't view this as an opportunity to meet me. He viewed it as a date with my wife and also I was there. After the plates were put away, I went to the bathroom and came back to them making out in the kitchen. This was my first time visually seeing my wife with another person and I was fine with it. But then as I started doing the dishes, he pushed her down on the couch and fully got on top of her, making out and groping her. My wife said no and pushed him off, so he went to the bathroom. At this point, I talked to my wife and said that her boyfriend was making me extremely uncomfortable in my own home and that I wanted him to tone it down. He walked up behind me, having gone in the hall but not actually gone to the bathroom, and said, Don't mind me, I'm not eavesdropping. I asked my wife to meet me in private to express my frustration. She said that this is just how he is. I said we didn't talk about boundaries for this meeting. I assumed it would be like the other two meetings we've had that I explained previously and that many of the things he's done had crossed lines for me and made me feel uncomfortable in my house. She says to give her a minute and she'll take care of it. I return to the kitchen and he's changing clothes. He brought all his clean laundry in a suitcase and was cycling through outfits, asking my wife what she thought of each. I later told my wife that was extremely weird to me, especially since she went out there with the intent to tell him to tone it down. She said the alternative was that she and he go into the bathroom while he changes. Fast forward, they leave to go on their date. I stay busy the rest of the day and can't get a hold of my wife from noon to midnight. I go to bed having asked her to check in three times. Called her and no response. At 4am, she woke me up to ask if he could spend the night because they'd been out until 3.30am and it was an hour drive back to his house. I said no because we'd planned a full day, just us, for the next day. My wife went out to talk to him, then came back and said he was too tired to drive and asked me to reconsider. I'm barely awake, so I begrudgingly say fine. My wife promises not to stay out so late again and we go to bed boyfriend sleeps in the guest room my wife and i had planned to go to breakfast but had to put a pause on that because the boyfriend hadn't woken up by 10 a.m i say we can get drive through breakfast and my wife sends me out alone because she doesn't want him to wake up in the house by himself she tells me he'll be gone by the time i get back at 10 45 i get home and he's still there my wife comes down and makes him coffee because we didn't get him anything because he was supposed to be gone already. I told my wife point blank I wanted him to leave because this was our day together and we'd already had to change plans because of him. She said that would be rude and that we still had the whole rest of the day just us. He ended up staying until noon. He didn't say a word to me as he sat at the table drinking coffee and then fist bumped me goodbye. When he finally left, my wife asked how I thought it went. I expressed everything I've described here told her his personality made me uncomfortable. He ignored me, made me feel like a guest in my house. I didn't appreciate him spending the night, etc, etc, etc. My wife said, thank you for being honest. I don't know how to respond to your concerns. It's important to me that you like him. I need to think about this. 
and shut the conversation down for now so that we could focus on our planned day. I don't know how to handle all of this. I do not like this man. Okay, there we go. That is it for the original post. Now, everything I say from this point onwards, I'm saying in the context of knowing that this is posted on r slash polyamory, right? So I'm not going to say anything about, okay, if you don't like him, then you should talk to your wife and just try and be with her one-on-one, stuff like that. It's not worth me saying. Polyamory is already, you know, a pretty contentious thing. I don't agree with it, but, you know, people like it. And, and that's, that's up to them. You know, OP and his wife seem pretty content with that and i'm not going to argue against that so just want to make that abundantly clear before we focus on this post now in terms of advice that i could give op just off the rip i don't know this guy just seems like an awful bloke but if your wife's into him i don't really know what you can say other than she's being extremely disrespectful by not really listening to your opinion at all i don't know exactly how polyamory works maybe one day i will i doubt it but all i will say is that surely if you are married to somebody, even if you are polyamorous, they're the person that you have to respect the most. I don't know. Anyone watching or listening that loves a little bit of that, let me know in the comments down below if that's how it works. Maybe I'm wrong. However, where this story really takes a turn for the worst is in the update. I mean, not saying it's not weird already, but just a month later, we got this update with a truly terrifying title. Everyone met my wife's boyfriend and fears for her safety. So a lot has happened since my last post. Using the advice I got from r slash polyamory, I set a clear boundary with my wife that I did not want to interact with her boyfriend again and that he wasn't welcome in the house while I was there. I expressly stated how uncomfortable he made me with specific examples. I used a lot of the advice folks gave her and I came to an understanding. True to form, I have not seen the boyfriend since then. But then things got worse. I was out of town for the weekend and my wife had the boyfriend over for two whole days. In that time, he met our two housemates and made them both extremely uncomfortable. He met my girlfriend's parents as well and made them extremely uncomfortable. And he and my wife had loud sex in the guest room at 2 a.m. and kept our roommate awake when she had work the next day. The roommate actually interrupted them because it was keeping her awake. And this was after they'd set a house rule that they'd not do this as it's already happened once before. On Sunday morning, while I was away, I woke up to angry text messages from both our roommates describing what they called serial killer behavior. Both said they were furious and extremely uncomfortable. Interesting to me is they both described the same pretend to go to the bathroom to cover eavesdropping in the hallway thing that I described previously. This made me upset as I obviously want my housemates to feel safe. On my way home on Sunday, my mother-in-law called to say she had Father's Day brunch with my wife and her new boyfriend, and he made the whole extended family extremely uncomfortable, such that they don't want to interact with him again. This was extremely irritating because my wife did not tell me that she intended to introduce the boyfriend to her family at all, which is also my family because of marriage slash estrangement to my bio family. At this point, I say enough is enough. I'd been texting my housemates and called a house meeting as soon as I got home. My roommate, who was kept awake, started by saying, I hate this man. I never want to see him again. I am politely asking that you do not let him back in the house at all. Then my next roommate said something very similar, as did I. My wife asked if we all feel this way. I said, everyone you have introduced them to feels this way. Everyone. Realizing how badly the weekend had gone for everyone else and that brunch hadn't gone as well as she thought, my wife was taken aback. As many people here on Reddit said, both of my roommates said the boyfriend terrifies them, that he acts like a serial killer 
and that they're concerned for her safety my wife then said yeah that's what i like about him okay that is that is meant that is wow how do you even reply to that we went around stating what he had done to make us uncomfortable and my wife started to shut down she didn't try to defend him she didn't say anything she stopped responding until finally one of our roommates asked if she had anything to say she didn't try to defend him she didn't say anything she stopped responding until finally one of our roommates asked if she had anything to say she said she wished we had told her this sooner because she had just said i love you to him earlier that day which was news to me she asked why nobody had told her sooner and the answer was that he was attached to her hip for two days and he looks over her shoulder to read all her phone messages after a lot of discussion my wife agreed that she would not bring her boyfriend around if anyone was at the house she said that probably means he won't come back to the house at all she also said she wouldn't ask anyone to leave so he could come over and that he wasn't invited to parties except that she'd already invited him to an upcoming party at our house next weekend and she wasn't strong enough to uninvite him but also that she is afraid everyone at the party will hate him and be made uncomfortable your wife has no backbone moreover she told me that she's going to continue seeing him now while i understand this it also made me a little sad two weeks ago she'd said that if i ever hated one of her partners then she and that person could not be compatible at this point her best friends her husband and her parents were saying that they never want to see this man again and that they're afraid for her safety and she no longer seemed bothered i don't know what is going to happen next i'm sincerely hoping he does not come to the party next week and my roommates and my mother-in-law have each individually shared that they're afraid he is going to try to kill either my wife or me now yeah i mean sometimes okay normally right when i start these like little commentaries at the end i i think a little bit about what i'm gonna say before i i press record right now with this one i haven't done that because i just want to convey my raw reaction like with the, without a second of thinking just immediately after reading this and this is the fact that I, i'm actually completely befuddled uh, by what i just read and pretty much speechless for maybe the first time in my life you have someone that everyone has said acts like a serial killer but then you're saying you know what that's why i like him now that's that's tough it really is tough to hear if you're op what i genuinely would say to op if you're watching mate i know we go a long way back and um we're both not i'm not going to take the neck out of polyamory sorry i won't do that what i will say to you op is uh and i'm leaving that in by the way do you really want to be with somebody who who like who acts like this and says oh why didn't you guys tell me earlier like are you stupid she must be stupid it's so obvious i mean maybe unless she was just completely transfixed by this guy i don't know if someone is hated that much by literally every person you know in your life that should be obvious but unless you are an ostrich and your head is in the sand run that back that's what i say come on man we're not living in the the you know dark age anymore get your head out the sand are you an ostrich that is my question can i say actually if any of you get that reference then you have surprised me it's a weird one it really is i just think from your perspective op you have to make that decision yourself now do you want to be with your wife if she is the sort of person that is going to continue seeing someone that literally everyone in the world hates and that may well be a serial killer i don't know that decision is up to you as for the story Wow. I am at a loss as to what to do with my wife's request. My wife and I have been married since 2001 and been together since 1999. She is the most intelligent, thoughtful, caring, loyal person I know, and I've always thought of myself as fortunate to have met and married her. She is, even today, aesthetically beautiful, and men have told her this throughout our marriage. 
she's always shot them down. Now, earlier this year, she was diagnosed with uterine cancer, stage one, and had a full hysterectomy. I was never concerned about the cancer. It was diagnosed early, dealt with quickly, and she made a full recovery. I took time off work to look after her after the surgery and all seemed well. There were some to be expected emotional instances on her parts. And although I am not an emotional person, we dealt with them together. After her recovery, she was insistent that we start living life to the fullest and took a 10 day trip to Europe, followed by a trip to Belize. We also have a trip to the UK and Spain and Portugal later this year. Now I'm fine with these things, building memories and crossing bucket list adventures off of her and our list. I also understand that these are a result of feeling fragile on her parts. She also took up yoga, swimming and healthy cooking classes. I was fully on board until last week. Last week, she came home from work and told me she wanted a hall pass, a one-time opportunity for her to have sex with someone else besides me she said that since her cancer diagnosis her outlook on life has changed and she doesn't want to be handcuffed from doing things she wants to do she explained that there's a guy at her work that she's always had some attraction to he is leaving the company and she'll never see him again so this is the perfect opportunity to sleep with someone else she said that i could say no of course but that she would be mad and disappointed at me for an indeterminate amount of time and that it would be confirmation of my male toxicity and insecurity i don't consider myself to be toxic and if not wanting your wife of 20 plus years to have sex with someone else is insecure then guess i'm insecure i told her that i appreciated her talking to me about this but approval via coercion is not approval i also said that i do not appreciate her language in describing my as of yet unknown reaction to this very large issue that could affect the rest of our marriage and life I got up in the morning and she basically said that she was sorry for putting such a large decision solely on my shoulders and that to help she was taking the decision away from me she booked a hotel near where her co-workers are having a party slash send off for this guy and she would spend the night there with him and hope that i would be here when she got back that she would answer any questions i have about the night after it happened but not before She will not tell me who he is or anything about him because she knows me too well and that I will dwell and obsess over him and that would make it too real for me, which is pretty accurate. Her POV is that the less I know, the better, which contradicts the offer to tell me anything I want to know after it happened. I think she knows I won't want to know or ask anything or she simply just won't tell me. Part of me thinks at least she's been honest with me and she's been through a lot since finding out she had cancer. So maybe I should just let it happen. I certainly have no concept of what she went through so I cannot dismiss how this affected her mental state or outlook on life. Part of me wants to put my foot down and say this is not going to happen and deal with those consequences when they happen. Her BFF called me callous for even suggesting that I wouldn't let it happen because I have no idea what she went through. I find it hard to believe that she is okay with the possibility of throwing away 20 plus years of marriage over some guy that she's had no relationship with outside of work and that I should just call her bluff. Maybe she thinks similarly that I won't throw away the marriage because of one encounter. I just don't know what to do. I empathize with her and then an instant later, I'm angry with her. Part of me wants to know who this guy is. What does he look like? What has he got that is so enthralling for her? Is he just a safe option? Is he married? Does his wife know? Would I be a callous jerk for saying no? What can I do besides walking away? Okay, now 
Where do we even begin? Now, of course, this is best of Redditor updates, so we're going to get a lot more content here. But off the rip, I've got to say, what a load of absolute rubbish. I know multiple people, you know, multiple couples in which one of them has gone through cancer and they survive. And they don't just then go, you know what? Yeah, I've survived this. I'm not going to go around shagging like, you know, like a legend. They just don't do that. It's very abnormal. Now, the whole part about, about your wife ticking things off your and her collective bucket list is great you know traveling making her realize and making you guys realize that life is short it can end at any moment it's good to do things you want to do whilst you have the chance to do them completely fine until you get to having sex with one of your co-workers forcing your husband to be okay with it that's probably a little bit too far at that point i think how about just end the marriage and move on with your life it's just very very strange what, what I love the most, and by love I mean just cannot get at all, is her saying, no, you have to let me do this because, by the way, I had cancer, and therefore you have to let me cheat on you. It's on you. Like, her saying, you know what, I'm just going to take the decision out of your hands. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll, I'll just take the decision out of your hands. Don't worry about me. It's so great. I love it. Nonetheless, let's carry on, and, and, and let's get into this comment which was posted on the original, which I think is really, really good. Kind of think this is the way your marriage will be from now on. With her epiphany, she wants to relive her life and she's going to do it regardless of your feelings. I think she's being rather selfish and probably only threatens this because she thinks you are beaten down and will simply put up with it. Perhaps not the best time for trips and frills. She wants a single life. Let her see what that means. I agree. I feel like, you know, obviously it's very, very tough for you. And I completely understand what you're going through in the sense that you say that one second you're like, no way am I ever going to let her do this. I'm going to call her bluff, go and do it. She won't. And then the, the next you're like, oh, well, I do love her so much. And she did also have cancer. That's going to be very mentally taxing. Oh, by the way, I'm not for one second saying that I know what that's like or how it feels or I can empathize with that in any way. I obviously can't. But I agree with this comment, sir. It gets to a stage where you've got to just say to her, yeah, obviously you're not allowed to do this. I don't care. And also, what's your best friend saying about you can't not let her do this? She had cancer. Again, terrible friend. Sorry, very obvious. You just have to you have to call her bluff. You have to just say, you know what, this is going to hurt me, but go and do it. And if you do it, that's the end. It is weird, though. 20 plus years of marriage and that. Wow. Now, OP has actually replied to a couple of comments from the original saying this. She thinks because she'll never see this guy again and that I've never met him, supposedly, that it won't really affect me or our marriage in the long term. I'm left with accepting it and never viewing her the same way again or going through a divorce at 54. Not really great options on either front. That is a very fair point. I don't know where her head is and the bout with cancer is affecting her in ways that I couldn't possibly imagine. I don't think she believes I will leave. There we go. I mean, you've pretty much said exactly what I think there. You have to test that though. If she doesn't think that you'll leave, you have to actually leave and then see what her reaction is. Because then if she goes and does this thing anyway, you know that sadly, very, very sad and painfully, though it may be, it was the right decision for you to do that because otherwise you'd just be a massive cuck. Uh, and secondly, you have to test her. You just have to because she can't just get away with stuff like this for the rest of your life together. Because even if you do stay together, you'll just be miserable. So unfortunately, that is the only thing you can really do. Now, let's get in to the update that was posted just a few days later. I received a ton of advice that I couldn't possibly respond to. I do appreciate the people who took time to offer advice in the comments all via PM. It's been an exhausting couple of days. I was hoping that my opposition to her plans would give her pause, but unfortunately that did not happen. I said I am a hard no, and I'm not sure how I will feel about you if you go ahead with it. I was met once again with, this is for me, it will be one time, 
What can I say to help you deal with it? You'll get over it. We were meant to be regardless of the situation. Remarks leading up to Saturday. Some of the most selfish words there that I've ever heard. Despite the fact that this woman went through cancer. At this point, I honestly don't really care. That's insane. So she left on Saturday ostensibly to meet her co-workers but in reality to screw the guy i asked her to text me when she was leaving for the bar and when she did i asked her if she was really going to go through with this after her response was this i'm not answering any more questions tonight i will see you tomorrow i blocked my wife then i did something either stupid or brilliant i went to the bar where the get together was happening you know what i love this well not the bar but a transit bench across the street i waited for a long time it was running through my mind leading up to this event that i need to know who this guy was maybe to compare myself against him to see what he had that i do not it was driving me crazy not knowing who he was and what was so special about him that she would ruin a marriage for after what seemed like an eternity a woman that i recognized from my wife's office left the bar and got in a cap soon other people started filing out and a whole group came out and people were hugging a man and shaking his hand i assumed that i had my guy i didn't see my wife and i had a brief thought that maybe she had called it off i unblocked her but there were no messages everyone said their goodbyes and left the dude was standing outside for a few minutes and then my wife came out she looked around took his hand and they started walking away together of all the emotions i went through trepidation sadness anger it was disgust that really encapsulated the event for me this guy was short fat and bald all the things i cannot compete with ultimately i felt like a pervert for watching from a distance i followed until they got to the hotel and then turned around and went home i woke up sunday morning and put a lock on the master bedroom door i moved her things to the spare room and left a note asking her to find another accommodation as quickly as possible i visited another friend who's a lawyer and he gave me some sage advice and a couple of recommendations for divorce attorneys and made the introductions my wife has been calling me numerous times since around 11 or so once blocked the calls go to voicemail i listened to the first couple but felt nothing but some satisfaction when she couldn't get through to me and she was obviously becoming concerned i didn't want to go home but i left in such a hurry that i didn't plan overnight properly i got home around nine and as per my buddy's advice i recorded the interaction i was halfway up the stairs when she came up from the family room asking what was going on could we talk i thought we talked about this I just answered with i am not interested in discussing this tonight and went to bed after not getting a response from me through the door she left me alone i feel kind of like a child for not talking with her and shutting the door on her but i just couldn't look at her monday i got up and ready for work she was waiting for me and asked if we could discuss getting back to normal i said you've been doing all the talking for the both of us for the last week why don't you just continue and i left for work i have an appointment with the attorneys that my friend recommended for this week and there we go guys that is the end of that one i, I don't really know quite what to make about this story because i feel like we've just encountered one of the most stupid women of all time she is surprised when her husband of 20 years is annoyed at her because she cheated on him not just with anyone but with a, a short fat bald man i mean does it get any worse look i'm all for short kings and bald kings and also fat kings what a trifecta that is listen if you're short bald and fat get in the comments down below are you this bloke i want to know now one thing i will say before getting myself in trouble is that there is another comment here that i want to highlight because i think it's a very good comment that kind of 
in all seriousness, encapsulates my thoughts. Here it is. I can only hope that you've decided to do what's best for you. At the end of the day, you're the one that has to live with your decisions. From the previous post, it's obvious that your wife, and I use that term merely as a placeholder, has made her decision. I know that having something that has been such a huge part of your life end can be daunting, but sometimes it's for the best. And yeah, I think this time it absolutely is for the best. You clearly made the right decision. Your wife's dumb and she's also unfaithful. What a terrible, terribly potent combination. Good stuff, OP. Right, now our final story from this episode is actually one chosen by one of you guys. One of you added me on Twitter saying, do you remember that face tattoo story that I narrated about six months, 12 months ago? And I said, you know what, I do. And then they said, there's actually been an update to that post. If you don't remember the original, I will link it down below. It's probably on screen right now as well, the thumbnail or behind the eye button. Pretty much this woman gets a face tattoo and then wonders why her fiance is annoyed at her. Like, she doesn't even tell him. She just does it. And then it's like, oh, what? Don't you like it? He's like, no. To be honest, it's quite a silly story. But one of you told me on Twitter that there's been an update, and there has. Just a week ago, we got this update. So here we go. About nine months ago, my ex-fiancé, Kim, got a face tattoo without telling anyone. This was just the start of her doing everything she could to ruin her life. She broke up with me and called off our seven-year relationship when I questioned why she did this. She worked in a client-facing job for an incredibly large financial institution and was let go within a month of showing back up for work after getting the tattoo. I kept in contact with Kim's sister, hoping for some news. They tried to get her help as they thought she was having some kind of psychotic break. However, she eventually called the police on her own family, claiming they were harassing her. After that, I decided to just walk away. Now, Kim didn't just destroy her own life. When she broke up with me, I felt numb. I knew this wasn't Kim doing this. I wanted to believe deep down that Kim was always like this. Always this impulsive crazy who would ruin her life by getting a face tattoo. I tried to convince myself that I'd not lost the wonderful woman who I'd spent seven years of my life with. However, clearly the person who made these choices was not Kim. The woman who told me over the phone she hated my guts for not supporting her. The woman who wrote she hated me and only ever stayed with me out of pity. That was not the woman I asked to marry. That was not Kim. That was someone who I came to find out was having a mental breakdown. That resulted in months of bad decisions that will affect the rest of her life. The day I walked away and told her sister I could not deal with it anymore was the worst day of my life. It hit me like a train. The numbness and denial of what I lost hit me all at once. I almost quit my own job and moved back home to my parents. I can only thank my boss for being so understanding that she let me take four weeks off to deal with what happened. She and the rest of my team went far beyond what should ever be expected of co-workers and management that it makes me realize how close I was to leaving a job I actually enjoy. I never moved on from Kim, but I came to accept what had happened. I thought I was okay until two weeks ago. I got a call from Kim. She'd blocked my number and done everything she could to remove me from her life. My mind just blanked when I saw it was her calling. I picked up and it was actually her. We didn't talk. I didn't know what to say to her. We decided she'd come over to my place and then we talked. The tattoo is still there, but she's covering it up now with makeup. She says when she has the funds, she's going to look into getting it removed if possible. She's lost a lot of weight since I last saw her. She's not been able to find a new job. She'll probably need to move to a new city for that. She wasn't the Kim I'd fallen in love with. She was like a shell of herself. 
something just wasn't there anymore that used to be kim told me what had happened the year leading up to the tattoo was awful for her the stress of everything seemed to pile up more and more i respect her and keep much of what she told me secret however the thing that's important is that she secretly started doing methamphetamines to keep up her performance at work and to deal with everything and one day she just out of nowhere decided she hated everything about her life she explained why at the time she wanted the tattoo it doesn't really make much sense but a lot of what she was thinking at the time didn't and from there she just lost control of everything i won't talk about what happened after she disappeared but it's not pretty these are things that she did that will follow her for the rest of her life it explained a lot but it didn't make things any better we talked for nearly the entire night she didn't leave my place until almost 4 a.m since then she said that she wants to try and get back together with me she admitted she knows things cannot be the same yet she wants to try i haven't talked to anyone about what i'm about to say yet i've held off on talking to kim about it because it feels selfish but there's something about the way kim acts about the way it affected my life that irks me when we talked that night she said that i was lucky she cut me off i was lucky i didn't get put through any of this I was lucky that my crazy ex wasn't at my door screaming or showing up to my work and causing a scene. She acts like my life wasn't affected at all. I told her what happened after she left, how much it hurt, how I almost quit my job and moved across the country. Her response was dismissive. Like because I didn't go through with that, I don't get to complain. She acted like because I wasn't the one with a tattoo on her face, I don't get to act like it had long lasting effects on me. She didn't even apologize for the explicit and hateful note she left with my things when she returned them. Or for the phone call where she called me a manipulative, selfish jerk who only wanted her for her body or even just for breaking up with me. She knows she was wrong to do it, but it's almost as if she's acting like because she had a breakdown, I can't hold her accountable for what she did to me because it wasn't long lasting. I texted her last night saying how hard it was for me when she left. She ignored it entirely and tried to move on no acknowledgement at all i don't know why but it hurt me it hurt me so much i feel like i did back when all those emotions finally hit me after she left i wish she'd just never come back into my life now i wish i didn't know what happened i wish i hadn't picked up the call because it hurts but a part of me feels like i'm being selfish or complaining too much that i don't get to feel this way because i'm not the one who had the mental breakdown but there we go a pretty similar story to the first one truth be told both stories have a man who's been so deeply saddened or i guess kind of even traumatized by their ex-wife now or wife or fiance's past doings or current doings you know what i mean but then even when that woman has come back into their life and you feel like both these men might just say uh you know what despite all the trauma i still love you i'm gonna get back with you we can get through this they both in my opinion make the correct decision and say you know what no i can't do this anymore what you did is truly ridiculous it hurt me so much and that's the end and to both men i have to commend them because I think they made the right decision and i know in that position how hard that decision would be to make so fair play to these guys takes a lot of courage and bravery to do that and um yeah i would just say put yourself in their position if you can for a moment and think about how hard this would actually be obviously for someone like me or you looking at this objectively you can think okay these women are just crazy and stupid but if you actually love that person then that is a totally different conundrum but yeah 
as I said, I think they made the right decision. I think my friend's clumsy boyfriend is purposely hurting her. So I am a 26 year old woman and my friend Kay, who's also 26, has been dating Andrew, a 25 year old guy for almost a year now. Honestly, until these last months, I really liked them together and he has assimilated into our friend group really well. He's been easy to talk to and is someone who I thought could be the perfect match to Kay. In the beginning, Andrew was always known for being clumsy, occasionally spilling on himself, tripping, and sometimes just being an overall goof. We joked he was the poster child of a himbo. It started with a simple mistake, Andrew spilling wine on Kay's outfit. He seemed so apologetic and genuinely sorry. Then a couple of days later, out of pot luck, Andrew bumps into Kay while she was bringing out a salad bowl causing it to fall on her foot and giving her a pretty nasty bruise. Again, apologetic, but this time just rubbed me the wrong way. It seemed awkward the way he'd bumped into her. Then there were just more of these accidents, like ripping a dress when he was falling, trying to catch his balance, dropping a bowl of chocolate ice cream on her shoes, and spilling an ashtray that landed all over her hair. All of this just gave me a weird feeling, like why does it feel like his clumsiness is getting worse? Recently, we were having a movie night. Kay was sitting on the floor and I'd gotten up from the couch to get some more popcorn when I heard Andrew walking over with hot tea. I'm thinking, no way I'm gonna have her get piping hot tea spilled on her by accident. So I get up and say, oh, thanks for grabbing this. Do you mind grabbing me popcorn since you're closest? He kind of gets a defensive tone with me saying, yeah, but let me give this to Kay first. I said, no, it's, it's not a problem. I'll give it to her as sweetly as possible and took the mug out of his hands and gave it to Kay. He seemed kind of distant the whole rest of the evening. I talked to one of my friends in our group just about the tea drama and she said that Andrew might have been angry, feeling like I was babying him. I think that if he's been prone to hurting his girlfriend, wouldn't he want to avoid situations that could get her seriously hurt? Wouldn't you want a friend to help you? Am I just overthinking this? I want to talk to Kay about my concerns soon because I'm really scared for her. I just want to be wise in how I speak to her. I don't want her to take anything I say the wrong way. Any advice would be so helpful. Okay, so that was the original post posted on the 5th of August, 2023. In fact, the first update comes just a day later. But off the bat, let me know in the comments, what do you think? Me, personally, something is definitely up here. I'm sorry, you don't do this sort of thing a number of times. Especially, what was the last example that OP gave? Spilling an ashtray that landed all over her hair. I mean, I don't know. Has that ever happened to anyone ever? Not that I can think of. It's just too many things happening that are accidents. But in reality, I mean, these things sort of don't happen. And yeah, it did seem kind of ominous when he was walking over with the tea. Now, at this stage, we're not sure, but... As I said, let's get into the first update, which was posted just a day later. OP saying as a little edit before we get into this, that she's going to reach out to Kay and chat with her about all of this. Okay, so it's now August the 6th, the next day. Hi all. This evening, I got a text from Andrew. It seems my friend, who I'll be referring to as Sarah, had told him about the tea situation. He texted, hey, just wanted to reach out and let you know that I wasn't angry with you. I played it cool and just replied, Hey, no problem, man. Just wanted to make sure all was good with you. He messaged me back that, lol, yeah, why wouldn't I be? I left it alone after that. I reached out to Sarah and asked her how the story was relayed to him. And she explained that it sort of came up in conversation. She had told him that I hadn't meant to baby him and hoped I didn't make him angry by taking away the teacup. Sarah is a fixer and I think she just wanted any conflict between us to be resolved. 
While I know she was coming from a good place, I'm a bit frustrated to have my words twisted into what she believes happened. I messaged Kay and we are still hanging out either early Monday or Tuesday. She seems to be fine with me. We had a quick call, but she seemed less talkative, which has me nervous. I really hope I didn't screw everything up. After a lot of comments, I've decided I'm going to be careful with my wording. A lot of you have pointed out Andrew could have a medical condition. Now, yes, while I'm a bit skeptical, I will keep this in mind. Hopefully, my concerns can be addressed in a way that flows with our conversation. Thank you all for your feedback, even if some was harsh. And to all who have shared DV, I presume that's domestic violence stories, I'm so sorry you'd ever received any mistreatment. You deserve happiness and safety. I'll be posting an update as soon as we have our talk or anything changes. Yeah, it's a tough one in OP's spot. Obviously, you want to err on the side of caution because imagine you said, oh, it's probably just a few accidents and then something serious happened, you know, really serious. You can never forgive yourself. So I understand what OP is going through here and that she thinks she has to do something and I appreciate it, really. Better to be safe than sorry, is what I'm trying to say. Okay, now we're going to have a look at a few comments that OP left below this post, kind of in replies to other Redditors, which I think shed more light on the situation. So the first thing that OP said was, he's only being clumsy with her. In fact, I'd say it's become more focused on her. I mean, that right there is eye-opening. And I think that that is the reason why OP is so concerned, right? If Andrew was just being clumsy with everyone and in general, then perhaps you could say, yes, he's just a clumsy individual. Or you could go down the line of maybe he has a medical treatment or needs some sort of help. Because it's just focused on his girlfriend, that is concerning. OP continues, sorry, should have been more clear in my writing. Andrew's clumsiness, while apparent, was always self-inflicted, like a small spill or mostly tripping a bit over his feet. It's only been recently with his behavior that it's become more pointed towards Kay. Like, it's rarely been him being the injured or spilled on party. It's now only been Kay. Someone asked, does he do it when she's particularly proud of or happy in an outfit? I see maybe uh, hinting at jealousy there. Opie replies, the dress he ripped was one of her favorites and she had to go home early because it ripped in the cleavage area and she was more embarrassed. The ashtray being dumped on her hair was when she was wearing her hair natural curly when she mostly straightens it but she'll have her hair natural randomly and nothing happens also he totally ruined her white heels with the chocolate ice cream now it's at this point guys where op realizes that something might be up she's put two and two together and realized that there actually might be a pattern in andrea's behavior take a look at this comment on screen there's something i've been thinking about and writing it all down i just realized all the accidents have to do with her looks spilling on her outfits, bumping into her when she's wearing a dress, chocolate ice cream on her shoes. Those were white heels. Yes, I know that's just speculation. Someone else said it could be a Munchausen by proxy situation, which is pretty much where someone pretends to be ill. Overall, just solidifies that I just need to talk to her, which I will be doing this week. There we go. What do we think? I mean, now that it's been put on paper like that, I kind of agree. It does seem to be all with her looks which we didn't know at first, but yeah, something is definitely going on here. There's no way that Andrew is just clumsy. OP continues. Also, her reaction to these accidents is always quick to try and move on. She is somewhat introverted and doesn't like attention, so she's just quick to say she's fine and move on from it. She'll tell Andrew that she forgives him and just to be careful. Now, people in the comments were saying that seems a little bit sinister, right? It seems like he's trying to see what he can get away with. And OP replies, that's what's been hard. 
I felt like I've been the only friend to notice. Like no one else seems to want to believe that Andrew's doing this on purpose because we've known him to be this clumsy guy. I mean, who wants to believe that someone's doing this on purpose? And then one final question. Does this happen in front of others or also with just the two of them? From what I understand, replies OP, he's always had these accidents in front of friends, not when it's just the two of them. And whenever it happens, he gets really apologetic and he's never laughed about it. But it just feels so weird. Like he's being so over the top. Like once he said, I would hate myself if I seriously hurt you. I don't know. That just came off so odd to me for his usual character, who's typically a silly guy. Yeah, that is very weird. That is almost projecting or foreshadowing that you will seriously hurt her. And that, oh, I didn't mean to. And because I'm now saying it in the present that, oh, wouldn't it be such a shame if I did? It kind of is allowing it when it eventually does happen. Even though, let's be honest, it seems as though Andrew would do this on purpose. I don't know. I'm getting a weird picture of this guy. Right then, let's get into the next update from August the 8th, three days from the original post. Hi all. Sorry for the delay. A lot has gone on. So I talked to Kay this morning. I started off the conversation normal. When Kay says, hey, why were you concerned about Andrew bringing me tea? I just say, I'd noticed he'd been more clumsy lately and I wanted to avoid either of you getting hurt. She was quiet for a bit, then asked me, do you think it's odd how he's been acting? Now, considering all your Reddit's advice, I respond with, I care about you and want you to be safe. I don't want to hurt you or Andrew, but I do feel like most of the accidents have come at your expense. I don't want it to get to a point where you have a worse injury. This is when Kay bursts out crying like I've never seen. After composing herself enough to talk, she says she's been so suspicious of how these accidents have been centered around her and how validating it was to have someone feel the same way. It's been causing her a lot of anxiety and she felt so relieved when I took the teacup away from him. She's tried to suggest to Andrew that he should just go to a doctor, but he says he's perfectly fine. Now, Kay is not confrontational, so she just drops it. She said how recently Sarah, Andrew and her were all hanging out together. Sarah told Andrew I was so upset about how he was hesitant to hand me the teacup a completely different story from what Sarah told me Now i've been more open with my emotions in my post due to my anonymity But in person I was very casual about the situation I said something along the lines of hey, did you think I upset Andrew by taking the tea when I asked him to get me popcorn? I hope I didn't come off rude Then Kay told me something really disturbing how during this conversation Andrew and Sarah started joking about Kay being a battered wife. How ridiculous the idea would be if Andrew was really abusing her and some really dark jokes. This had Kay feeling like she was crazy to think that these accidents might be on purpose. Also, they said some things about me that made her so upset that she couldn't even tell me. Kay said she's felt trapped living with him and how he's intertwined in our group. She felt like she needed to wait to have proof that he was faking it to make it worth a bunch of drama. I feel horrible that she's felt so alone in this. I was pretty blunt and I just asked, do you still love him? She responded, I don't. I think I don't even like him anymore. So we talked about the best way for Kay to leave Andrew being as safe as possible. Kay called in sick to work and we went over to her house and talked with our friend, Leia, her roommate. Andrew was out at work, so we quickly moved all their things into Leia's room. She has a key to her door. 
Anything that was super sentimental to either of them, we packed in my car. Kay is going to stay at my house and Leia wanted to stay with a family member who lives not too far away. Kay has written a letter to Andrew ending things. She's going full no contact. She set a date that she expects him to leave. He moved in with them so he doesn't have his name on the lease. Our friends Mike and Corey will be staying at the house. This is to ensure that nothing will be damaged due to an accidents also to let kate and leia know when it's safe to come back thank you all so much for your advice tomorrow i plan to go on a little shopping spree with kay doing everything i can to alleviate her anxiety so far we know that andrew has seen the note and is packing to leave so so far so good and if anything happens i'll be sure to update you all and there we go that is it but before we end this one i've picked out some relevant comments which I think explain a little bit more about what's going on from the original post. And OP has replied, giving some clarity. So here's the first one. Someone asked, what on earth is up with Sarah? OP replied, this is what is so odd to me. I said Sarah was a fixer because she's always been the mum friend, wanting everyone to be safe and happy. I've never noticed anything between them, just normal banter that we all have with one another. I just don't know why she's going to bat for him so hard. We had a call where she was very mean to me, to put it mildly. She's very angry at me, like I was the one who caused all of this, as well as some very personal attacks. I think Andrew is telling her something because this isn't who I knew her to be at all. Or maybe she's always been like this, but has simply masked it. Another question is this. Did Kay ever tell you what Sarah said? I told Kay vaguely about what Sarah said on the phone call and asked if it was similar and she confirmed. Being as vague as possible, it has to do with my family's issues with addiction and situations happening due to that. I told our friends in confidence. Knowing she's used that to weaponize it against me and has told Andrew has made my skin crawl. So how about other friends and their reactions to Kay and Sarah? Well, OP replies that Kay is safe and we will do all we can to keep it that way. All of our friends, except Sarah, have been a huge help in Kay's healing during this time. It's been amazing to be a part of and to witness. We've all since blocked her. Her comments towards Kay and me have not been tolerated by our group. Hopefully, this is the wake-up call she needs. And finally, a couple of Redditors had concerns about safety. You know, maybe Andrew comes back. OP even mentioned the fact that Andrew could try and get access to the house, cause another accident, once again, in inverted commas. So yeah, has OP, has K done anything to ensure their future safety? OP replies that, luckily, thanks to this, they've bought one of those camera detectors, waiting for it to arrive still. They have four months left on their lease and are considering moving, but nothing is set in stone. Andrew's already moved out and Mike and Corey had him hand over the key to the apartment, but we're still waiting till the locks are changed and the detectors arrived to help Kay and Leia move back in. So there we go. That really is it. Uh, what a story. You know, I really actually quite like this one. Obviously not what's going on here and it's a terrible situation to be in, but the moral and I think what it shows is pretty powerful. Just off the rip at the start when oh you know a little accident here and there most people didn't even bat an eye even you know the majority of well pretty much everyone right apart from op who was good friends with k didn't even notice anything to really be awry but op big shout out just felt that something was off didn't really believe it didn't buy it as much as andrew was saying oh it's an accident just being clumsy i'm so sorry there were little undertones as we saw throughout of things that just weren't quite right i mean the main one that sticks out is saying oh if i ever seriously hurt you i don't want to do that it would be so terrible 
Like, who says that? Seriously, who does? Fair play OP for noticing the signs early on. And not just for noticing them, but for doing something about it. Because a lot of people would have thought, oh, this is a little bit dodgy, but, you know, not my relationship. But you're just being an unbelievable friend there. And as you can see, the outpouring of emotion when you finally said to Kay, when, when someone finally noticed and said to her, listen, I see what you're going through. You know, I can see it in my eyes. And she felt validated. In that one moment, that is unbelievable from you right there. That is great friendship. That is what being a good friend is all about. So uh, yeah, OP, shout out to you for, who knows, saving Kay perhaps from, from serious damage, emotional and maybe even physical down the line. I mean, probably physical, let's be honest. Some of the stuff that, that Andrew and Sarah were saying at the end there crazy scenes and yeah letting her move on with her life and, and getting rid of this absolute toxic demon great story just shows that having a little bit of awareness and calling something out when you see it no matter how small can have such big ramifications in a good way on someone's life i am an 18 year old woman and i've apparently been dating my best friend a 19 year old man for an entire year but i didn't know until today i need help asking him about it this is going to be such a suffering from successful post but bear with me for a second i've known him for five years different classes and courses but the same friend group over time he's genuinely become one of the best people i know and it's only getting better every day i can't lie and say he's not my type Nerdy, charming, sweet, funny, flirty with the right amount of awkward. He comes to pick me up from class, plays hockey without being a douchebag to the skaters, and most importantly, gets treats for my cats. Multiple strangers have mistaken us for a couple, even close people like our friends, professors, and worst of all, my family. He's kind of perfect, but I've never even thought of putting the moves on him. He's never shown romantic interest in me. We're friends, nothing more. Or that's what I thought. Today, he was spending the afternoon at my dorm, something he started about a year ago now. We're laying on my bed, mindlessly watching Sonic cartoons, when he says, verbatim, So baby, where do you want to go this Friday? Matter of fact, this is the first time I've been called baby by him, so that kind of shocked me. Instead of asking why, I froze and was just like, what's happening Friday? He turns to me and kisses me. Again, first time thing with us. He hugs my waist and goes, our one year anniversary, idiot. I'm making reservations. At this point, I'm frozen. I genuinely don't know what to say. I'm gobsmacked. The dude I thought was my best friend, who never even showed interest in the dating thing, is under the idea that we've been dating for a whole year. I'm silent while he continues hugging me and scrolling on his phone, racking my brain thinking about what to tell him when his phone starts ringing. It's his mum, who he puts on speaker, and she actually goes, Hi, are you still with your girlfriend? Oh, so now his mum thinks we're dating too? He tells her yes and asks why she called. She asks for his help with private stuff I won't divulge here. But he turns to me and goes, Sorry, I'll be back in a bit, sweetheart. I just nodded. I was just like, alright, see you in a bit. No questions, no screaming, just acceptance. He gets up to put on his sneakers and leans down to kiss me again, which I just accept at this point. It's a nice kiss, despite the fact that my mind is somewhere else. He leaves and I get a text from his coach. Tell boyfriend's name to come tomorrow at seven. He'll only listen if it's you. What do you mean only me? You're the responsible adult tasked with training these hockey players. Why do you depend on me bringing him to you? But that led me to a rabbit hole of finding out who knows we're dating. Apparently, the majority of the people I talk to think we're dating. Or if I'm being correct here, know we're dating? and just have never mentioned it to me. I don't think it's a prank, solely on the fact that his mum called me his girlfriend. They don't have the closest relationship. 
She is a very traditional conservative and religious korean woman always serious and does not play around when she realized early on that her son did not agree with many of her opinions she stopped caring for him to the fullest only keeping it civil for the rest of the family and friends there's nothing he could have done to have her go along with something like this especially when she wants him to marry young with a nice korean girl which i'm not also he just doesn't seem like the guy to play with people like this he might be dumb and oblivious but not horrible. I don't know what to do now. I mean, he's a great guy, don't get me wrong. And if the last five years are anything to go by, he would be, or is, a great boyfriend, maybe even the future, a husband. But I've never looked at him that way, so I can't say I love him. When this occurred, it was like the glass shattered and I saw how differently he looked at me, how he talked and acted, stuff that never changed since the beginning, but for some reason, I've never noticed. I can't sit here and pretend I love him like that. I wasn't thinking about him in that sense all this time but on the other side i don't want to hurt him he clearly thinks we've been together for that long so he has to have strong feelings for me and i don't want to step on them and scar him like that i can't just keep dating him though something that i've apparently been doing for a year i could learn to love him eventually it wouldn't take much to be honest but it wouldn't be fair to him or me in my defense who dates someone and just doesn't ask them about it If the roles were reversed and a year ago something happened where I was like, oh my, I love him. This was probably a date. We're probably dating right now. I would have confirmed with him or at the very least said something for the following year, not only at the one year mark. I just don't know what to do. I'm scared and angry, disappointed in myself for not recognizing the situation sooner. I feel like I'm stuck between the sword and the wall. The last thing I want is to hurt him, but I also don't want to lie to him. How should I go on about this with him? Now, my immediate thoughts are that this may be possibly the most unbelievable friend zoning that I've ever come across. So unbelievable, in fact, that you didn't even know it was going on. And that just makes it even funnier. Like, it's very harsh on this guy. I don't know if he's just being strange. I completely agree with OP. Like, you would always ask, or at least, like, you'd know you're dating, wouldn't you? You wouldn't just say after a year, hey, baby, it's our one year anniversary. And they're like, what's going on? But anyway, as I said, this is best operator updates. So let's see what happens next. Actually, before we jump into the update, first of all, there are a couple of relevant comments from this user, Wish Gullible, who actually asked some great questions. I can understand the not kissing, they say, from a religious point of view. I can understand the take it slow from a purely conservative dating standpoint. But I cannot, on the other hand, understand why you have no pet names for each other. Is anyone from Korea? How do you guys do stuff over there? Maybe it's a cultural thing though, and a year was long enough to move the relationship along. How does he pinpoint the anniversary? Did anything change one year ago, OP? And then OP replied, I'm white and he wasn't born in Korea, but his family still holds traditions even in a foreign country. There were no pet names, Because there was no relationship, it was never even suggested. Nothing really changed a year ago, worth noting. I went back to check on messages and Google Photos. Nothing important. I've already sent him a message to meet up after practice, and he said yes. So, I'll have a talk with him soon. And then, a couple of days later, we get this update. Turns out, he's just dumb and sad. Or maybe crazy and psychotic. I did give him way too much benefit of the doubt. I read a lot of comments and messages that were sent to me privately on what I should do. Big thank you to everyone. The majority of you were nice and helpful. Also, big sorry for the sweet lady wishing me a happy future marriage. Not happening soon. And to the people saying it was fake, if I'd created a good love story, I would have sold it to Netflix or HBO Max or Wattpad instead of being a loser and asking Reddit for fake help. Hey, I'll be honest with you. People do that. So, uh, yeah. I brought it up to my psychiatrist and I showed her the Reddit post I made. 
a few of the messages I've received and she basically had the attitude of hey remember that great guy well he's a pos now so let's learn about moving on and not reminiscing on a broken friendship which I think is the best way to go on about this now to be honest I don't remember much because I wanted to cry from the moment he started talking also I was quiet and only spoke very little because I did not want to make it a bigger scene than it already was I just let him talk for a few hours and then dipped towards the end He was shouting and unpredictable people were looking and I just wanted to go home I decided that we should meet up in a public space before his practice I sent him a text and asked if he wanted to meet up at a coffee shop that we both know He called said yes and you sound serious. Should I be worried to which I said honestly? Yes, you should he told me then to stop joking and then went on to his practice Fast forward a couple of hours. I'm sitting there and he comes in, sits in front of me and thanks me for the food I ordered him. We start eating. I'm a nervous wreck and he realizes, which led to him asking, are you really okay? You didn't seem good a while ago. And from what you said, I'm actually worried now. So I lay it out on him. I ask him why he thinks we're dating. Why does everyone else and what led to him thinking that? Now he's just quiet and I'm just looking at him not saying anything stuff after this is a bit fuzzy because I just wanted to cry This next stuff came very out of the blue for me as well. It's just kind of weird looking back on it He says something like I didn't really think we could actually date if I asked you up front to which I said That's how relationships usually work though. You ask to which this led him on a tangent about women in general Opinions that he shared with me and said to my eyes with no regrets What I saw in front of me was no longer my best friend of five years It was a boy who grew up to be a man and to have a very damaging idea of women Stuff that I could assign to immaturity But he had nicer things to say when he was 14 than what he was saying to me now I just interrupted him and asked what led him to think about women this way Since he never let his family most predominantly his mother influence him into these antiquated ideas To be honest, I don't think even the most conservative women in the world would say what he said but his mother still has some not so nice beliefs about women. He was quiet for a while and that did give me some pity until he opened that mouth of his again. You know, there's these podcasts. Oh my days. What a time to plug my podcast. Guys, if you didn't know, I also post these YouTube videos on all podcast platforms. And let me tell you, I'm not as bad as this guy, in my opinion. It's up to you to judge. Give me a five-star review. Let's carry on. Anyway, that let me know everything I needed to. Oh, so you're a Tate fanboy now. He starts arguing and yelling that it's not him, but that they know what's right and wrong, how things should be. And to be honest, I'm not really listening to him at this point. I just want to get out of there and cry. I'm listening, but nothing is registering. Some of the milder things he started yelling are about women and our relationship with food and how we should have a limited amount how we're so vulnerable and emotional, ready to blame men for everything, and how we start yelling at every minute inconvenience, which is funny in hindsight. How menstrual stuff was a hoax, and that I was no doubt lying when I couldn't walk from my period pains because I wanted his attention, and that no girl can possibly feel a greater pain than a man. He also said that when we're talking about his course, something to do with car parts, it was not cute and sweet of me, let alone women in general, to act dumb and pretend I'm clueless because that does not make me more appealing. I genuinely though don't freaking know how a car works. My freaking bad. I tell him that if this is all a big joke, it's not funny. He interrupts me and talks about how he listens to these men but doesn't tell anyone because he knows that me and our friends wouldn't agree. 
He tells me that I'm not a perfect woman, whatever that means, but that he still would like to date me, but couldn't tell me because I'd say no and ruin his fantasy. Hmm. I'm crying now and people are noticing, so I just want to get out of there immediately. I tell him, not verbatim, but along these lines. You're so freaking stupid. You genuinely could have dated me if only you'd asked. You could have had everything, but you started listening to opinions of guys who have nothing. How sad can you be to pull a stunt like this instead of asking like a normal person? He starts yelling that I'm wrong and they know what is right, starting a whole rant that I don't have the strength to listen to. I stand up, start walking, and he grabs my arm. More people are staring. I tell him to let go, and he only does when I threaten to call the police. I left telling him to never speak to me again. I'm now home. I've blocked him on everything and told some friends what happened. They were all shocked by how he acted and what he said. One guy did tell me he was always easy to influence though. I asked why they thought we were dating and they told me it was how he acted like a couple. I guess that one is on me, but that's combined with the fact that he told them yes when they asked. And since the behavior checked out, they just never thought to talk about it with me. I'm not responding to any of them right now. To be honest, I'm moving cities in a few months with my family. I used to cry about it nonstop because I'd have to leave all my friends here, including him, and that was the last thing I wanted. But now I'm kind of glad I don't have to worry about bumping into him. I just feel distraught. Like, that was a nice friendship. It was a pillar of my childhood, and now it's just gone. He said and did some nasty things, even if it was in the span of a few hours. If up until moving, he comes up to me personally or tries to pick me up from class, I'll repeat that I do not want him in my life anymore. If push comes to shove, I'll call the police. Not that I think they'd do anything. I'm also sharing my location with both my older brother and father. Yes, it might be a bit delusional and not needed, but you never know. He was a great guy and we did have a good friendship up until he decided to view women as objects and date one without asking because he deserves it. I just can't stop crying. I really thought I knew him and for him to be able to spew those words and opinions at me like that, stuff he's always been against from what I remember, it was shocking. It's only been a few hours, but it's already weird not having that constant text or call happening. I feel like it's kind of empty, but I don't want someone like that next to me. The worst for me is that I see no change. He has no sisters and his mother does somewhat think that way as well. And so does his father. Maybe coach could help, but... I don't know. I just feel betrayed, I guess. It feels stupid to say, but it's true. I mean, I get men like this every single day. Every girl does. It goes from professors who know me to drivers who are seeing me for the first time. Comments vary from just telling me I'm pretty to more gruesome stuff. I'm used to it. I just never expected it to be someone so close to me that I trusted. I don't know when he started thinking like this, but now it has me feeling all gross and dirty. If he thinks like this about me and never said it, I don't even want to know what he thinks about our mutual trans friend. What his opinions are actually like when he's always been nice and respectful to her. It does help me chuckle a bit that some of the things he said were just so textbook misogyny that it seems he learned them on a Joker Sigma Instagram account. That is so stupid, it's kind of hilarious if you omit the part where he said that R is not a real problem. Wow, he went to those lengths? That is nuts. So that is that. I thought I had a nice friend by my side, but guess not. Never trust a guy, even if you grew up with him, they'll disappoint you eventually. 
And there we go. That is the end of that one. I can't say I completely agree with that last sentence, but I will say and, and seed that guys like this do give other normal men and nice people, guys, a bad rep. And uh, yeah, there's not really too much that we can do about that. To be honest, I got into this story and I was thinking that it was going to be kind of funny. Like a guy getting let down after just really thinking that someone was actually his girlfriend for a year with her just having no idea. And although that is kind of what transpired, in reality, I don't know. Are we just seeing the destruction of a lot of men personified, exemplified in this one guy due to TikTok and YouTube shorts, I even say, and people like Andrew Tate just giving people the wrong impression? I don't know. That's up to you. Let me know in the comments down below. What do you reckon? Do you think misogyny is getting worse because of the internet? I'm all ears. I'm all ears myself. Personally, I probably think it is. All my friends think my girlfriend is creepy. Are they right? Hi, Reddit. I, a 22-year-old man, started dating my girlfriend, let's call her Alice, who was 21, about seven months ago. We met while working on a group project for one of our college classes. From the moment I met her, I felt an instant connection. She was beautiful, smart, and we shared a bunch of common interests. Long story short, we flirted for a few weeks before I finally asked her out, and we've been happily going out since. Now, here comes the problem. About a month ago, my friends and I were planning to hang out, and I invited Alice. While me and Alice are from the same hometown, we met during college, and a majority of our relationship has been during the school year. While we know each other's college friends, we'd never met each other's hometown friends. I know that Alice has really bad social anxiety, so I was hesitant to invite her at first, but when I did ask, she seemed nervous, but really excited. The party seemed to go really well. Alice was smiling and laughing the whole time, and even got to go on a rant about a topic she really liked. When it was over, she even told me while I was taking her home how much she liked my friends. When I asked my friends what they thought of Alice, they all said she seemed nice. All except my best friend, Ruben. When I asked him, he told me that he hated her. I immediately questioned why, hoping it was them not mixing well, as I can acknowledge that Ruben and Alice are complete opposites when it comes to interests and personality. But no, Ruben told me he hated her because of how creepy she is and I was better off dumping her. Now, this threw me off because never once have I considered Alice creepy. She's actually the cutest girl I'd ever met and I'd never felt more comfortable around someone as I do around her. Before I could even ask what he meant, he went off on a rant about how uncomfortable she made him and started citing stories I told him about our dates during college. Stuff like how she'd stare at me without saying anything and just enjoyed looking at me. How she'd eat the same meals whenever we went to dinner. How unjealous she was when a girl came up and flirted with me or about her deep knowledge of poisons and love for murder mysteries and true crime. Both of which she could talk about for hours, but neither of which she actually talked about at the party. He said that while he wrote them off before, since they didn't seem to bother me, which they don't, after meeting her in person and seeing how weird and flighty she was, he can tell that she's a secret psycho and will end up either breaking my heart or physically hurting me. I tried to explain to him how any weirdness was probably just because she was nervous about meeting them for the first time. But no, he insisted that we've had friends SOs have anxiety before and it was just that she was plain weird. I blew him off at first because he sounded freaking crazy. Alice isn't perfect, but she's far from creepy. But after two weeks of him telling me to dump her and me getting tired of telling him to drop it, I reached out to a few of our friends to prove him wrong. 
but to my surprise, they all agreed that Alice was creepy. Most of them said that the way she spoke really threw them off, which is fair since Alice can be weirdly formal sometimes, but I didn't notice her doing that at the party at all. And typically, it's much more funny than unsettling. Most of my friends told me it wasn't enough to break up with her since they still genuinely found her sweet and fun to be around. But I did have one other friend say it was worth breaking up over and he was just too embarrassed to tell me at first. I have no plans of breaking up with Alice because all the stuff they're calling creepy, I actually find cute when she does. But are they right? Is it creepy that she does that stuff? Should I talk to her about it? Should I just tell my friends to F off and ignore their concerns? I feel bad for even questioning about this, but with all my friends agreeing, it's starting to gnaw at me. And I just need some clarification. Is it actually creepy or are they just being dramatic? Okay, really interesting poster. I mean, off the bat, to answer your initial question, OP, no, I don't see any point there in which Alice is being creepy at all. Your friends are obviously being dramatic. I just can't work out why. What has she done that's creepy here at all, apart from showing interest in some niche things? Oh wait, everyone does that. If you didn't do that, you would be weird because of how normal you are. I mean, Ruben is listing things like interest in murder mysteries and true crime as weird. Some of the most popular things currently in, in kind of online culture. If anyone's weird, it's definitely Ruben here for taking this big of an interest in Alice and I don't really know what his agenda is. Ultimately, even if Alice was like completely creepy, weird, abnormal, just like a disgusting human, if you're happy with her, that is all that matters. But the fact of the matter is that she's not. She seems pretty normal to me, so I don't quite know why this has happened in the first place. But of course, let's without further ado, get into the update. That is the entire point of this subreddit. This was all resolved a little bit later on. Okay then, let's move on to the update posted nine days later. Wow, thank you all so much for your helpful comments and validation. I'm glad you guys all agree that the stuff Alice is doing wasn't really creepy. Anyway, let's get into the meat of this update. Since I posted originally, I've spoken with each of my friends individually and talked to them about what they said. Pretty much all of them apologized and some even offered to apologize to Alice herself, which at the time I said no to since I didn't really want them interacting with her, but we'll get back into that later. The only one who didn't apologize, as I'm sure you guessed, was Ruben. I want to address some comments suggesting that Ruben could either be attracted to me or maybe even Alice. I don't think either of those are true, as Alice is the first girlfriend Ruben has ever acted like this with, even though I've dated plenty of girls, and Alice isn't his usual type. He may still be attracted to her, I mean she is freaking gorgeous, but I've known the guy since third grade, so I know he's pretty picky about the girls he's with. I don't think it's that, I think he's just a major POS. I've known Ruben literally my whole life, since our mums were college friends and moved close to each other when we were young. With so much history, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt by just asking him to drop it since I really didn't care if he found her creepy. I really liked her. He'd just have to deal with that if he wanted to continue being friends. But he didn't apologize or even say he was wrong, although he did agree to stop commenting on it. Of course, that isn't perfect, but it works for now as I consider if I really want to continue to be friends with him. Yesterday, I met up with Alice for a casual date. It wasn't anything fancy, just a home picnic. I have really bad allergies, so we couldn't do it outside. We had some candles and our favorite foods, and we watched movies and dissected our favorite tropes. About halfway through our third movie, Alice brought up Ruben, since she heard about an upcoming car show slash auction her dad told her about, and she remembered me saying that he loved vintage cars and suggested the three of us and a friend of hers who was also into cars could go together 
so that she could get to know him better. It felt crazy that she suggested this days after Mina Rubin's fight, and it made me feel sick with how sweet she was being to such a jerk. I gave some weak excuses about how she hates car shows and doesn't have to do that, or how Ruben wouldn't be comfortable doing that, but my girlfriend, being the angel she was, said she could tough through it, or even just let me and Ruben go together if he wasn't comfortable with her yet, and she'd even pay for the tickets because it was a private showing. Oh my goodness. Alice is unbelievable, by the way. This was the point I broke and told her everything that happened. She took it really well, just calmly listening while I rambled through my explanation and even ended up apologizing to me about weirding out my friends. I tried to explain that it wasn't her fault and she didn't need to apologize. As a lot of you suspected, she ended up telling me how she believed she was autistic. But since she hadn't gotten an official diagnosis, she wasn't comfortable telling people. After a lot of guilty back and forth between the two of us, she told me she didn't want me cutting off my friends since they did apologize and didn't say anything cruel, just pointed out her neurodivergent tendencies, which aren't an insult to her. But I put my foot down. I for sure will not be bringing her around Ruben anymore and I plan to distance myself from him and my other friends for the time being. She agreed this was fair. She also wants to meet up with my friends who want to apologize to her since they seem genuine in their regrets. Overall, things turned out pretty well and thank you all so much for your inputs. Okay, there we go. Great conclusion. I was a little bit concerned there when all your friends started saying, no, actually, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. But um, yeah, we actually all think she's creepy. I was I was really hoping that wouldn't turn your head. But to be honest, I've got to put myself in that position. If all my friends who I had a lot of trust in were saying that the girl I was seeing was creepy, it would 100% make me think twice. And I guess that's the reason why OP has posted this in the first place. But really... I think that Ruben, you know, he's got, he's got, he's got some form of agenda, as I said earlier. I think he is the one that is perhaps telling your group of friends. Don't think she's so creepy, Alice. Oh, we need to tell OP that he's got to dump her. Again, I've got no idea why, but I'm glad that you've come to that conclusion that Ruben is a POS because to me as, as an outsider looking in that is the only reasonable conclusion I can come to as well like if anything as I said halfway through that story Alice sounds unreal she sounds great I mean what a kind person to, to just take all that you're saying and be like you know what okay how do we how do we sort this how do we fix this like obviously it's not on her if anything she's been really horribly treated but no she is so sweet and kind that she's saying okay I'm really sorry this has happened what can we do can I pay for Ruben's ticket to, to chat to me and chat to you and try and rekindle this friendship? It's crazy. What a generous person. Yeah, slack off Ruben. And I hope you and Alice get married, live till 107 and have 75 children. Enjoy that life. A lot of kids, but enjoy that life nonetheless. And there we go. That is going to do it for three hours of some of the very best posts from r slash best of of the past few months. Really hope you guys enjoyed this one. You guys seem to absolutely love the longer compilations. You chuck it on in the background, do whatever you want. Just something to listen to, you know? But maybe you're doing something else, chilling out, playing a game, gardening, whatever you're doing. In the bath. That's where I listen to myself all the time. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you want more content right away, more three-hour compilations, there's one on screen and also linked down below. And if you didn't, well, I don't care. How about that?